Before you dive into the Zap to the Past podcast, please accept our apologies. During the news and media section when discussing Mario, I state that the launch date for the Nintendo Entertainment System in the EU was October the 18th, 1985, when in fact it was actually September the 1st, 1986. Also in the same section, sometimes AD refers to the Super Nintendo Entertainment System, the SNES, instead of the Nintendo Entertainment System, the NES. We don't profess to be experts on the Nintendo systems, so please accept our apologies and now enjoy the Zap to the Past podcast, episode 5. And welcome to Zapped to the Past. My name is Adrian Mills, and I am joined as ever by my good friend and co-host, Graham Raddings. <laughs> In case you don't know, this is a podcast that focuses primarily on games that were released for the Commodore 64, whilst also taking a brief look at what was going on in the UK back in the 1980s. There were thousands of games released for the Commodore 64, so to bring order to this chaos, we are using the magazine Zap64 as a monthly guide for the games to focus on. Just one last thing, we are in no way affiliated with Zap64 itself. In this episode, we will be looking at the games reviewed in issue 5 of Zap64, which was the very dry and warm month of September 1985. Graham, what exactly can we expect in this episode? Blimey, we dive in with Sky Fox, we've got Fiverside Football, Kennedy Approach, Summer Games 2, Monster Trivia, we've got Music, we've got MIG Alley Ace, we've got Hypersports, we've got everything here. Awesome. So, without further ado, let's get on with the games. Um, and our first game, uh, as ever, is the cover game. Strange enough, this is a Sizzler and not one of the two gold medals that were issued this month. I can probably see why. This game is Skyfox, a game that is not actually to do with nighttime dog-like animals in the sky, but is a an aerial combat simulator game, arcade, blastathon type 3D thing. The cover obviously allowed Mr. Frey to do his usual action-y type thing so whereas we had beachhead 2 and we had gis now we've got a man in a cockpit <laughs> that's pretty much the cover looking a bit actiony with some fast go faster lines and effects and stuff pretty good quite nice oliver Frey stuff's always good it's not one of his standout ones again um it's a bit boy's own adventure stuff style again i think he's always a quality artist so it's always good but sometimes it's just not as good as other times i don't know maybe maybe it's just me maybe it's all art is all art is subjective after all i think so yeah i mean there's some tanks and stuff and you know, well there's a tank in the background isn't there and some yeah We've got a weird perspective sort of thing. You have to sort of twist your head a little bit to see it properly. But, you know, it's Skyfox. It's sort of representative of this game, which came from Ariola Soft. I'm not sure if this is their first title. I don't know. I've not noticed much stuff from Ariola Soft before. They will release some interesting software, Ariola Soft, that's they for will. sure. And who remembers when you loaded this game in? It, they told you all about it. <laughs> Did Scarabaeus, it? yeah, that was one of those. Remember it saying, because when, oh, yeah. when the game loaded, it had a loading screen, it had a scrolling message on it, which seemed endless because it took, it took ages to load. And uh, at the bottom, it was just like a list of the games that were coming out. And I remember it, Scarabaeus, because it said it was the game within a game inside a computer within a computer. I, just, I remember that to this day. Weird. But <laughs> that's because you, I was waiting a long it. time for it to load. 
<laughs> you so saw long. it many times. So long. <laughs> so yeah, so Skyfox is a it's a sizzler. It's a it's a decent enough game. It is it is a step forward from the other flight sims that we've had to endure in recent issues. The, you know, this is a, a much more arcadey style of you know it's, it's a fight sim, shall we say, where you fly around and you're shooting other planes, and sometimes you're close to the floor and blowing up tanks. And there's huge mothership type things that are also flying around. It's pretty decent. You know, it's very fast. Um, I have to say, I was really impressed with the speed that this thing goes at. It's got some nice touches. I like being able to pull up the sort of heads up display and seeing where you are on the map um, and act accordingly. It's got a nice grid system. It's it's good. It's, you know, it gets a bit samey, which is the problem with a lot of these fight flight sims that from around this time in that you do end up flying around quite a chunk looking for stuff and then you'll see a few tanks on the floor and blow them up nice graphics nice chunky big graphics very fast 3d some really good sprite scaling going on i can see why they gave it a sizzler that's for sure and it probably looks great in stills in fact i remember it looking really good in stills yes. when there's a tank close up absolutely um, yes but it but in that respect almost its speed is against it because you kind of don't get time to notice the visuals everything just moves really fast which you know you're in a plane, you're in a jet, so it does move fast. But you know, it's one of those things. Great back to the back to the you know back of the box shots, but they've gone so fast they're just off screen. It's like whoosh, oh, <laughs> yeah, there was a tank. Whoosh, oh, there was a mothership. Whoosh, there was a jet. You're like ah, oh, there's more blue sky. But no, it is good, and there's some you know it controls well. It's fast, it's zippy, it's nice, um, and I think that. I think it deserves its sizzler status. I think it was, you know, and you know, good good choice for a cover game. I think. What do you think? Yes, I always, I did always like Sky Fox it, because it was, it was kind of arcade shootery, really. More than it's more of a shoot 'em up, really, than a simulation. Thank God, because let's face it, simulations haven't fared so well with our reviews. <laughs> um, so this was actually quite light relief because I'd remembered, I'd actually remembered Sky Fox. I'd, I'd not remembered every detail, but all the things I remembered about it was still there. So it was fast. It was full of action. It had kind of a strategy element because you had to work your way around the map and find stuff and navigate around. So there was, there was quite, there was a bit to it. The main issue with it, I felt, was that the gameplay, was just, it got samey after a while. It was kind of, it was, it was repetitive. And, you know, if you think, if you put this side by side with something like Book Rogers, which is the nearest thing I could think of that it was almost mm. like. It's a long way from that. So it's it's good. You're right. The tanks kind of looked like tanks. The airplanes were so fast in the sky that blinking, <laughs> you missed them. But they were there. But it did feel like you were flying a, a, at speed. It felt like it had some some pace. So it felt more of an arcade game, less simulatory, which is always a win for me. And I did enjoy revisiting it. Sounds were good. Um, it had a nice sort of sort of intro and it had a nice feel. The package, in, the whole package was quite a nice thing. It was uh, an enjoyable game. I just think mm. it, I don't know how long it'd last. Not how long it'd last you know physically you're not going to sort of slowly fade and drop dead playing it i mean i don't know how long you how long the longevity would be with it i think over time you're going to get tired of oh look there's a tank oh look there's another tank and just kind of because i was just going around in circles shooting tanks and it didn't feel very hard i don't know if that was just i was either really good at it which is no i I found that so (laughs) I didn't really have any trouble picking off the tanks. I'm not even sure they were shooting at me, I really. I was just kind of flying around. I hit the ground at least twice and didn't die, so that, I don't know. I don't, well, I assume I hit the ground. <laughs> you're, you're, you're equipped with, a, t- you know, proprietary uh, bounce technology. 
Um, so the, 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 this guy fox, you know, he has legs. This is fox. It felt uh, it felt like fun for the first time. Flying around ships yes. felt like fun. My problem being that yes, it did for a while, but when it kept starting going back to the map screen, I'm thinking this is it. This is the time when I'm you know, something exciting is going to happen. I was back on the same what felt like the same thing, doing the same thing with tanks. It yeah. did change to sky once, so I was in the sky shooting stuff, and okay, it was clouds and it was interesting. It was fast, and, and there was blurry images of something I was shooting at. <laughs> yeah, it could have been a giant seagull, uh, for all I know, which ironically enough. People appear in a different game later but that said it was it was okay i don't i wouldn't necessarily have pitched as a sizzler i wouldn't but at the time technically at the time yeah maybe. i'm just thinking if you go back to this like you said you, you compare this to i mean this is you know like the uh, streaks ahead of something like glider pilot um or that jump jet thing so you know there's, there's huge amounts of progress and, and and you know there is if you get into it there's there's different scenarios there's you know there's a full on yeah. onslaught there's, there's all those kind of different things and I think quite ver- it, it offers a varied package but unfortunately the variety all looks the same um, yeah. which is a bit of a you know it's been, it starts to get a bit samey sort of thing there's only a few things which you know but it's still doing enough I would say that did you back in the day did you play um, on disc I did have it on disc yes yeah see I had it I had the tape I never well, had, I had a disc drive both, so actually I had it on both I had, I had it on tape and I can so certainly remember sort of thing it was painful on tape yeah um because each of the scenarios would have to load separately from yes. tape and it, it was uh it was a it wasn't an enjoyable experience so i don't have much experience of this back when it came out because enjoyable to sit around and loading from disc loading quickly as it we can do it now sort of thing it's much more immediate and almost you know, yeah. as you say very arcadey yeah and, and that was a much more ex- enjoyable experience so i was quite quite pleased that uh, i actually got finally round to playing this properly and probably the way it was intended a bit more yeah um and 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 i feel that in that respect i'm more impressed than maybe i would have been if i'd have played it and just been quite like another time I, I think in comparison to what we've had to put up with um this is w- way ahead of them it's just <laughs> like i said it's it's very fast and that's almost to its to its detriment because you just don't get to take in those big chunky nice sprite yeah. scale and stuff yeah and it, and it is quite I, 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 like you i found it quite easy i think it's just at least i could take off and fly around and do stuff <laughs> mm-hmm. you know I, I can think of at least three of the last simulators where I'd, I'm not even sure I really managed to do much of anything. Um, so, you know, and all I was doing was really comparing how much green was on the screen to how much blue and whether the if there was too much green, I tended to explode because I'd obviously hit the ground. With this, it felt like I was at least <laughs> flying around a landscape of sorts. So I enjoyed it. I think it's, if you're going to do flight type games, do them like that. Simple as really in my rule, you know. Um, mm, I know that yeah. later on, you know, they do go, there are, there are reasons you might want to do simulators, but in 64K, don't take on the complexity of an Apache gunship and expect it to really work in 64k uh, but you know this is the, you don't really know what kind of airplane it is do you it's just a sort of jet fighter space fighter whatever doesn't matter it's a the, sky fox the sky, sky fox sky yeah. fox yeah so it's like firefox but in the sky so mm-hmm. anyway i liked yeah. it um and it did it was as good as i remembered it actually which is quite That's nice good. when they went yeah quite nice when that happens because we've played many mm-hmm. games during the makings of these podcasts and sometimes they're not as i remember them Sometimes they're not as anyone remembers them. <laughs> no. So, uh, this was good. A good start, I think. Good start, this one. Yeah, a good start. Good choice for cover. Worked well, fits well. And probably, you know, like I said, more actually than the, the two gold medals that we will cover in a bit. So, yeah, Skyfox, we like that. It was, all, it was good fun. Good yes. fun. Cool. Next up is a very different game. We're back to Sidon 2D platforming land. Hmm. 
uh, with a recognizable main character. At least his char- main character is recognizable. Yes. Um, and we are playing Rupert and the Toymaker's Party. Yes. What did you make of this? So, I'm going to say this first off. I never liked Rupert the Bear. I don't. <laughs> I don't. I, I, if it was Paddington, okay, I, I can deal with that. But I just, I never got into Pad. I never got into Rupert the Bear. So this holds no interest for me whatsoever. And I didn't really even like Winnie the Pooh. When it comes to bears, I'm pretty much a, <laughs> you know, a Yogi Bear. I could, I could sort of tolerate. Anyway, suffice to say, this wasn't. This never Rupert the Bear never touched my heart. Hierarchy of bears. Hierarchy of cartoon exactly. bears. Exactly. Well, R- Rupert the Bear never touched. I like Yogi, but. Get out of here, Rupert. <laughs> I was going to say Rupert the Bear never touched me, but it sounds positively awful in this climate. But uh, I was never into it, so... No. So when the when I saw the game that was Rupert the Bear, it didn't make me go, oh, it's Rupert. I was like, oh, Rupert, you know, checkered... I know checkered... I know the iconography, checkered trousers can walk, but uh, if it had been, you know, any other bear, might have held more interest for me. The game itself, well, what can I say? Side on, up and downy platforms, scrolly climbing and picking up things and doing stuff and to be fair it was one of those games where the, I have to say the graphics were okay actually considering it went bad it looked like Rupert the Bear and the main sprite was pretty good but mm-hmm. it had kind of just weird it just felt a little bit after they'd cut the character graphic everything else seemed a bit of a second thought and the gameplay wasn't there it, I imagine anyone you'd have to be really into the Rupert the Bear to enjoy this because it's just what well, Rupert the Bear effectively lost you know and looking for stuff again we've said this about these types of games many times you know what well, you've got to make them more compelling than this it's, you can't just put a character in a situation and go there you go look at the fun there because it doesn't work you know it's, there's got to be challenge there's got to be danger or there's got to be something but how far can you put a character like Rupert the Bear in danger if he's not going to run away from flame turrets or something like that because it's just not part of that, that world is he so it's got to be all kind of nice things. So, you know, the most dangerous thing in that game was probably a flower or, you know, a, a, a harsh plant or something. So um, for me, it's a decent main sprite, boring gameplay. And how far can you really push it? It's a kids. It's a game for kids. And I think it, I found it a bit faffy to control. So but that could have just been the way I was. I don't know, an emulator in the way I was playing it. It doesn't mean that it's like that. But um, it was twee. The music was really twee as well. That's kind of child friendly twee music. Mm-hmm. And as much as, you know, there's a place for that in these kind of games. Oh, it's only that kind of music it really after a while it can really annoy you so um that's 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 my, my, actually my, my first comment in my notes is now that's some twee music <laughs> it is twee so twee <laughs> incredibly twee i'll tell you what i didn't know i didn't know you didn't mention this sort of thing which i was in was found interesting was this was a martin walker game okay it, it said it right right at the start on this thing it's a martin which i was not you know obviously he goes on to do diaries in zap and hunter's stuff like moon, that, i think didn't he do hunter's, hunter's moon? moon yeah oh. um absolutely okay well you know he must already liked uh, Rupert the Bay must have touched him thankfully he didn't touch me <laughs> well I'm thinking you know but it says it's <laughs> no it says yellow trousers um... <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it's a Martin Walker game, which uh, which uh, I was surprised at. Obviously, you know, it's a licensed title because it says copyright, Daily Express, newspaper in the credit sort of thing as, as they scroll up. It's a nice title screen. Looks the part. The visuals are very pretty. Mm. Um, given what they are, the, the main Rupert sprite is is, is lovely. The, the little toy soldiers walking about are, are, are nice enough. You know, they're pleasantly yeah. animated. Everything's pleasantly animated. The thing what I put down here sort of thing is it suffers from impossible mission syndrome. And yeah. they were so proud of the main sprite and how well it was animated, they forgot to add in any kind of sensitivity or balance to the controls, um, which is what we've said before. I mean, I'm not sure if we've actually covered impossible mission this or whether it'll come up in episode zero when we finally get around to release. And, and so you, you press that jump and they're like, oh, look at him jump. Like, yeah. oh, I want some control. <laughs> and like climbing sta- climbing stairs was a nightmare. It was. Yeah, and, now, and now I want the uh, Mission Impossible game, but with Rupert the Bear in it. 
Because <laughs> that would be cool. What scream would Rupert make? Ah. That's what I mean. That's terrifying. The fact that, he, that if they kept it exactly as is, but just changed the main sprites, you know, when Rupert fell down the hole and he's that blood-curdling scream, you'd think twice about doing that. Another visitor. You're a bear. <laughs> yeah, why are you here? Get out, oh. bear. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, I uh, we di- uh, I, di- right. I interrupted okay. you. Uh, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. It's just, like you said, it's just another one of them. It's all very twee and Rupert-like, but the controls just put you know put you off and you just end up bouncing around. And again, it's that thing on a spring. You hit something and bounce back. Yep. And, oh, God. Looks the part. And I imagine, you know, if you saw screenshots of this, you'd be like, oh, it looks lovely. But playing it was just a pain. Um, yes. I couldn't, and, and I found it, it, it put me off, you know, a few screens in. I thought, oh, maybe I push up to climb the stairs, but no, you have to jump up from step to step and every time Rupert falls is that you know really nice animation there were you know yeah. obviously Martin Walker's a very talented programmer and animator and graphics yeah. artist don't get me wrong all that is great but this game is you know a, a by the numbers flick screen side to side scroller you know it's one of them it's another one of them <laughs> it's just another <laughs> one yeah the, how many times we just need to get that on a, on a sample <laughs> oh it's another one of them Anyway, next game. <laughs> yes, you know, it's just, yeah, it's true. It is just, it's another one of those. And it's neither, off- it's not offensive, is it? It's, it's impossible unless, you know, but we've seen this game a million times before and done better. Yeah, absolutely. It, it reminded me as well, structurally sort of thing, and the way it looked, I mean, this is, you know, it's it's um, it's Roland's Rat Race. Yes. Three levels, moving up and down, ladders, yeah. licensed character. It's Roland's Rat Race I mean, again. If it had people shooting at him, it'd be Rolling Thunder as well, which would be cool with Rupert the Bear in. He could be in <laughs> le- they should have just diversified the type Rupert of game. Thunder. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Or rolling Rupert. Rolling, rolling, Ru- rolling Rupert, Rupert Thunder. Uh, Rupert Thunder sounds like a name for an alternative industry that he might be part of. But And those, to- those toy soldiers would be those fake KKK people in Rolling Thunder. <laughs> God, that's an extreme, wouldn't it? That'd be Rupert and the Toymakers Party extreme edition. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think, uh, like you say, Twee sums this game up perfectly, actually. It's just it Twee, I, I, Twee, I'm Twee. I think that 71% was a bit generous. Just a bit. And, and it's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's the, you've got the Twee factor in there. Maybe they, it, things that they all were, all were brought up on Rupert the Bear, then no wonder it got 71%. They were like, oh, it's Rupert. Remember Rupert? Good old checkered trousered Rupert. Yeah. It's like, no. I don't remember it's him, like, actually. Oh, I don't. Yeah, you, it must be hard to kick something like Rupert in the face. I just, <laughs> in a review. just I don't know what era was. Is what era was Rupert invented? Where did it come from? Is it is Rupert no the idea. Is it a fifties thing? Is it for, is it pre or post war? Where did it come from? Who the hell is this bear? I don't know. I just don't know. And why didn't that um, <laughs> that bear out of Rainbow ever get a game? What Bungle? Bungle. Bungle's big adventure. <laughs> the game that never was. <laughs> This Bungle mileage bears in that. All. Bungle bears all. Yeah, oh, he takes his pajamas off. <laughs> That's uh, with his hairy leather palms. To be, it's gross. To be fair, sort of thing. You could do quite an interesting sort of you know puzzle game sort of thing using the various skills of the uh, Rainbow Crew. You could. Yes, they could escape. <laughs> Roger yeah, and Freddy comes to the rescue. Yeah, well, Roger and Freddy mini game in the middle, which is something like a bit you know a bit of a dance off thing. Yes. How did this I think not we've get got made? Way off topic here. You're not kidding. Okay. Anyway, so Rupert and the Toymakers Party. <laughs> doesn't deserve 71%, I don't think it at all. It does not, no. We did not enjoy that sort of thing. So after the highs of no. Sky Fox, uh, yeah. we've, we've got Crashed the Crashed down to I earth. I mean, it's, it's, just, it's just, just dull. It's just dull tween nonsense. Yes. Well there said. Well put. 
But was it better than our next game? This is uh, debatable because our next game, we spoke about this um, in our last issue uh, regarding the advert. Um, and so our next game for this part, uh, sorry, the last game for this part is Five Aside Football. Mm. Now, my first note on this one was upon loading was that Pele looked really shocked in that um, <laughs> that, that he was playing football in the uh, in the load in the loading screen. And he was being observed. I've screen grabbed it, so you'll see it on the website. <laughs> he was being observed by the, the greyest crowd in the world. <laughs> it was still, it's, it's really scary. It was Pele. Goodness me. Yeah, yeah, I think he's supposed to be Pele, yeah. But he looks terrified of that football. Well, Ter- absolutely terrified. It's a representation of Pele, <laughs> I think. It's a, you know, there's artistic license in that. But um, yes, he, did, he didn't look pleased. He, he, looked, he looks kind of grumpy. He looks <laughs> terrified to me. And he, I think I've seen the original picture of that space. So I'm, I'm going to st- go out on a limb and say that it's Pele looking t- terrified in front of a wall of great okay. faces. Does, is Pele famous for five-a-side soccer? Just out of curiosity. No, not that I'm aware of. No, no. Okay. He's, He's more of a know, traditional 11, number 11. aside. Yeah, 11. You know, standard 11. <laughs> <laughs> this is a classic example sort of thing we'll see maybe in some later advert sort of thing of artists of the time taking recognizable images and co-opting them for use in games mm. and adverts um and we do see a lot of um adverts through the years through this period where it's clearly um a certain person um <laughs> just drawn slightly differently um and we will see that and this is another example of that it I is think. but just just as a note as an aside let's just remember that drawing these images on a commodore 64 was no easy task so oh. Because you were, Not you know, you, you were uh, pixel painting at best, probably with koala paint, which I think was the only package at that, at least for some time, to draw anything with, and mm-hmm. you needed the patience of a saint. However, that said, I imagine with graph paper and some time and skill, you could draw anything you wanted. <laughs> so I'm guessing that. Uh, if you get a picture of Pele and trace over it with graph paper, that's exactly what he looks like. He does. <laughs> Terrified. Um, <laughs> you can probably tell, though, sort of thing, by the amount of time we're talking about the loading screen. <laughs> yeah. The, the uh, you know, we're not in a rush to get to the actual game. It was cheap and nasty. Come on, it was. It was nasty. It was. Six quid. Yeah, we don't mean cheap and nasty in price. I mean cheap and nasty every other way. No, it but, just... but it was a Mastertronic. It was a Mastertronic game, I think, wasn't it? It said Mastertronic yeah, yeah, at the yeah, start. Yeah, that's and what threw I was me expecting this to be one ninety nine, two ninety nine. But this is five ninety five. Like, what's this all about? And um, it just made me realise how good international soccer was. Yes, 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 yes. I, I say that, my notes they do exactly the same thing. Um, you know, I put it's a it's a passable, uh, <laughs> and I, I wanted that pun. Uh, a passable football game uh, um, with this <laughs> with the scariest crowd ever set to a game. That's tr- crowd were terrifying. <laughs> they, they got a goal, just round in. heads, just lots of round yeah. heads. Just and they sort of go. I was like, yes. oh, I don't like this. There was really <laughs> odd speech, the uh, speech when, was the, weird. when the ball went in. Yeah, it <laughs> it's, was just... It's, um, and it's just, like, I put notice, it's just a bit rough and ready. And I put for six quid, I'd still prefer international soccer. Yes, I put, um, my notes were somewhat scrappy, has been bettered by <laughs> other games of this type. The speech was a kind of crazy touch, but the whole thing is just cheap and nasty. Yeah, yeah, it's like... I do like the fact you can kick the players over. Yes, and you right next to them, and you can kick them. That's quite a nice touch, and they sit down for a while. But the the I'm not I'm not going to use the word artificial intelligence because it's just artificial. There's no intelligence on display. <laughs> no. Um, the, the other players that and you're not controlling run around randomly. You know, I get it. Sort of thing. The 64k. What are you going to do? But at least international soccer felt like they were doing something. To help, this just felt like random sprites moving about every now and again might yep. get in the way of a ball. It's not great. It's not. They had one for me. They had, they had, when I was playing playing the uh, computer, it had one tactic which was just run across the middle of the field with the ball. 
And yes. if, you, if you tackled that person, they immediately got the ball back, and there was no you couldn't yes. get it off them. And then when they got to the when it got to the goalie, my goalie was super fast, so it became <laughs> yes. really hard to save anything because I mean I, I breathed on the controller and he was like shooting at shooting them and diving about. So it just felt like I've got players that could that were running. It was weird. I couldn't understand the physics. I was running faster than the person who had the ball, and I couldn't catch him. I, I was like. I, I don't get it. And then when I did catch him, I couldn't get the ball off him. So the guy just ran down the middle of the field in the middle and then just booted it straight in. And I was like, yep. okay, so this is going to happen a lot. And I was like, you know, I'll just put international soccer on if I'm going to play this. It's just basically the same game, but it's like someone made a car boot sale version and there it is. It's like, it's, it is, it's just kind of take all the whiz and razzmatazz off international soccer, such as it's got, but take all that away and you end up with this kind of car boot, you know, dodgy days version. And the guy who made it, it's got his name all over it, right? It's on the background, it's on the game when oh, you yeah. start it. It's on all of the, what do you call them? The advertising panels that go around the edge of the pitch so to speak it's it he's was weird. proud of his town he's very proud of his town <laughs> and all the players kind of look the same which is a bit disappointing yeah just scrap a scrappy five-a-side football game which is just there's two games out there that are way better international soccer being one of them brave to take on commodore really at their, mm. at their own game yeah i mean this, this might it might it might have been okay in two player it could have been i don't know we only played it one player so Maybe if you get two people to, mm. you know, when you're not just charging down the middle and you're kicking each other over and it's a bit of a, <laughs> that's a bit of a laugh, I suppose, because it's just booting around, booting it each is. other off the pit, off the ball. I want to see a, a real football match where they do that exact tactic all the time, where the guy, famous football player, gets the ball and just runs down the middle regardless and he's, he's just straight to the goal and the goalie just goes 20 times faster just <laughs> I, I want to see it for real <laughs> to be fair maybe that's why Pele was so terrified yes this is a game of football where as soon as you get the ball someone just runs up and kicks you yeah so he didn't want the ball the ball's coming to him he's like I've got to get booted are there any sides that play football like that is that a mm. you know is, is there well it's five a side isn't it so I don't know I'm not big up on the uh, five a side leagues of the, uh, of, the, of, the, uh, of the world you know Scrapyard Johnson's United five-a-side team versus um, no, Billy Trevor's Blockhead's truck- plumbers. <laughs> Trevor's truckers. Yeah, Trevor's truckers versus um, Frederick's fastenings. Billy's plumbers. <laughs> uh. Okay, so five-a-side. Uh, I would rather play uh, international soccer is my review of that. I think that's my review as well. Um, so we've got one, one, one good game out of the first three and two. Ne'er do wells. What did um, Zappi do? Five aside, by the way. What would they, uh, they rate they gave it? it? They gave it a sixty. I think they were. They, I think they were high on summer juice at this point in time. They must have been um, because they're, they're being very generous, uh, or we're being overly harsh. Adam. I don't know uh, about I, that. I, you know, I think we can we can spot the wheat from the chaff. Yes, um, yes, we um, can. And this was definitely chaff, chaffy, yes, chaffy, yeah, scrappy. <laughs> Scrappy do. <laughs> okay, so on that note, that rounds up uh, the first three games: uh, Sky Fox, Rupert and the Toymakers Party, and Five Side Football. We'll be back uh, in a brief moment, where we will be looking uh, at what was going on in the UK in uh, September 1985. Okay, welcome back. Um, so what was going on in September 1985? Well, what was going on was a boatload of riots across the UK. Uh, people were clearly not happy. And so, yeah, there was rioting. There were other things going on. 4th of September, first photographs and films of the Titanic, of the uh, RS Titanic's wreckage are taken 73 years after it sank. That's pretty incredible, really, because that was 
They didn't really know where it where it was. Obviously, they knew whereabouts roughly it sank, but obviously it's not like it's a, you know, the, you can just go to the exact spot in the ocean and go, well, look down there it is, because it was obviously miles down. So that's, it is amazing. And those photographs are astonishing. You can see, you know, those famously, you can see actual video footage of it if you watch the movie Titanic, of course. But And I mean the bits that are from the actual Titanic, not the, not the make-believe that, that parts. famous documentary, <laughs> that documentary with uh, the Leonardo DiCaprio. However, the, foot, <laughs> the footage of the wreckage at the beginning of the film is actual footage of the Titanic. That is the real Titanic there. Yes, yes it is. Sound crazy what happened there. Yes, that's quite impressive. But then 9th, 10th and 11th September, there was um, first lot of rioting. So rioting broke out in Birmingham, in the Hansworth area of Birmingham, uh, due to racial tension. They escalated on the 10th with arson and looting, resulting in thousands of pounds worth of damage. People died. There was this ended on the 11th September with a final casualty toll standing at 35 injuries and two deaths. The further two people were unaccounted for, which is strange, strange thing. Weird. Where did they go? I don't know. No idea. Maybe they just decided not to be involved. Maybe. You know, maybe they just m- were moving at that time. Yeah. Um, awful, they were just, awful. They're just getting out. It's, you know, it's not it's not great, but it's the, some things, you know, seem to never change. A troubled month. 28th September, uh, there was a riot in Brixton, obviously in London, that erupted after an accidental shooting of a woman by police. Uh, one person died um, and 50 more uh, were injured and more than 200 arrested. So, you know, this is a, a fractious month, but... Well, we on the light side that, of the but, news, but, but we're not. But we're not going to talk about that because, no. oh, you know, you know what we're going to talk about is this. On September thirteenth, Super Mario Brothers, uh, the game first appeared, uh, obviously created by uh, Shigeru Miyamoto at Nintendo. So that's quite a big momentous occasion, really, in in video game land. Was the you know arrival? I mean, obviously, yes, people out there will go. Well, I'm sorry, Mister Mister Mills, but you'll find that Jumpman was the first appearance of Mario, um, and obviously there was Mario Brothers. Uh, I don't care whatever tough uh, yes he was in Mario Brothers yes he was in Donkey Kong but this is Super Mario Brothers you know uh, a seminal classic to this day really it's Super Mario Brothers isn't it it's important because it's a global icon this is the same as uh, people have mm. the same affinity for Mickey Mouse and Bugs Bunny and other characters of that type this Super Mario and Mario and the Mario Brothers and the whole family of characters that came with it are of no different to that and in fact mm. of course most recently albeit that it's been delayed you know have a entire theme park dedicated to Super Mario. This is an important thing. Uh, yeah, it is sort of thing. But what I, what I actually wanted to talk about was, um, I mean, yes, this was a big event when we look back now, but living on a council estate in a small town in the UK sort of thing, my engagement with Mario at this point in time was pretty minimal. Was mm. Did you really know? I mean, I, I no. knew Donkey Kong. I kind of knew the Mario Brothers game from the arcades, but I had no real link or sort of knowledge of Super Mario and Mario Brothers no. and Mario Mario, no. as it's called, and Luigi. It is a thing that has become a little bit Americanized, I think. It, well, it took off in America, big style. America was the place, place they wanted to crack, wasn't it? And, and and a bit of revisionist, maybe, history going on with a lot, you know, I, I don't know sort of thing. I didn't know a lot of people with Nezes or, no. or, or in, around this period of time. It was it was very much computer-based around my, my, my peer group, my friends. Um, I think I knew one person with a master system, but that was a few years later. Um, yeah. I certainly didn't know any with a NES. At that point in time, believe it or not, and if the documentary console wars is anything to go by, at that particular time, Nintendo owned about 95% of the gaming industry in the US and in yeah. Japan. Mario was their flagship character. Well, I mean, obviously the, 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 the SNES, well, I think the SNES was released, a, was it around about September? Must have been, it was towards the end of 85 that the SNES, the SNES mm. came out. It was somewhere in 85 that the SNES came out and obviously rebooted the gaming industry within the US, um, obviously after the crash in 83. And so... 
don't get me wrong, I understand all that, I get all that sort of thing. But from from a UK perspective, from from our perspective, I don't, I don't know. I mean, put it this way, sort of thing. I'm looking through the magazines at this time, and I'm not seeing much about Mario. No, I don't think it was really a big deal in the. I don't think it's a big deal in Europe. No, I, I don't think it was as well. Which I think that's what I'm saying about this notion that oh, we all remember Super Mario, but it's like no, no, I don't. Well, not really. Remember that Nintendo at this time only had Nintendo Japan and Nintendo in America. That was it. They didn't have mm. a European wing. They didn't have any of it. So, so I imagine that. Um, Europe was... I wonder if Europe... Europe is a difficult nut to crack in terms of sales because localization issues alone for games because you've got to release them in all the different languages and all of, and it, there's a whole series of issues you don't face if you just have one big landmass like the US and, and, and Japan and also don't forget we ran on a completely different um, television yeah, system we did so we ran PAL they ran NTSC yeah, you know, we were at 50 hertz. They were at 60 hertz. So I think that yep. was. I don't think. I, I, I'm not sure when the NES actually came out in the UK. Was it about 87, 88? Do you know? I don't know. Actually, that'd be worth looking up. I don't know. So this is what I'm saying. It's like so. It, you know, Mario is a big deal. This don't get me wrong. I'm not. This is not what I'm. I'm not saying it's not. But Super Mario Brothers is a big event um, in the getting gaming history. It introduced a lot. Its design ethos is unparalleled. It's still a, a masterclass in how to teach someone how to play a game without without loads of text and everything like that. That's still a beautiful thing. But it is curious sort of thing that my I would say that my first encounter with Super Mario Brothers was not Super Mario Brothers it would be the Great Guyana Sisters on the C64 yeah actually yeah. well there was there was, a, there was a Mario Brothers game on uh, based off the arcade on the C64 which came before that there was yeah Mario Brothers one of the single yeah. screen yeah, jumping yeah. thing yeah but but with actual, you know, the side-scrolling, running along platforming that we now associate Mario with, not the single-screen, uh, you know, headbutting turtles thing. It was Guyana Sisters. Guyana True. Sisters, uh, you know, which was a, obviously, as we all know, was a, a Mario Brothers. Let's let's be kind and say homage. Yeah, well, they got done for it, so it was more than a homage. It was a it was a. <laughs> <laughs> More than that, they got completely <laughs> was, hammered for it. By the way, the uh, the NES came out in the, nice. in the EU in October on October the eighteenth, nineteen eighty five. So one month later. Really? Yep. I thought it was later than that. Nope. October eighteenth, nineteen eighty five. Colour me corrected. I didn't no, realise that. Strange. But then again, like you say, just because it was released in the in the EU, Europe, Europe, that doesn't mean that it was got, it got any penetration in the UK. UK was still at this point Sinclair Spectrums and home computers and yeah. you know, and I don't think consoles because we'd kind of I think. The, the bad taste of the Atari console was still in people's mouths here. And yeah. console got a bad name. Consoles and cartridges got a very bad name over here. And people were just liking the idea of tapes and things like that. And and I, and I also think we like the idea of being able to create stuff. Absolutely. Which you couldn't do on consoles. You know, people like to be able to tinker and type your own, you know, as much as we knock those type your own listings from Commodore uh, CMVG and stuff. People people did enjoy them. Otherwise, they wouldn't have ran with them every month. Well, yeah. And, and some, some game makers, that's how they started with regardless of, you know, how good they got later. That might have been their very yeah. first foray into making a game of sorts from Hunchy. Because someone, you know, someone made Hunchy, <laughs> and then after that, they knew knows what they went on to make. Absolutely, Halo. That's an autobiography right there, from Halo to Hunt, from Hunchy to Hunchy, Halo. Hunchy to Halo. Someone just likes games beginning with H. He also did Horace Go Skiing. <laughs> <laughs> and all the Hunchback games is responsible for Hunchy, Hunchback, Hunchback at the Olympics. But he had nothing to do with Quasimodo. No, no, no. That's uh, that was uh, that's like the uh, Never Say Never Again of the Quasimodo game world. <laughs> What's a one game too many? <laughs> but yeah, anyways. But yes, but yeah, it's- Mario. Mario, very as you rightly say, I don't. It was weird. I, I agree with you. I don't think I really had any idea about Mario. Not till mm. probably like quite 
quite heavily into later into the Super Nintendo and maybe not even then. I really only became kind of aware of it because of the attract all of the noise around Sonic the Hedgehog and that kind of led me to those kind of games and then obviously Mario games I think there'd been maybe three or four out by then on the Super Nintendo but I never even played them then but I never owned a console I never owned any of those consoles at all not even a Mega Drive or I didn't have any of them so um, at least not personally I think my first experience of sort of consoles um, like I said I think I knew someone with a Master System but then was seeing them in like the windows of you know the long long gone Dixons mm. and I think they used to have a display on there running the um, the Mega Drive and the CD32 yeah. when they were when that was coming through you know mid, early 90s um, I remember seeing those running in the window but consoles were just a you know until the PlayStation consoles were just not something I was particularly interested in no I mean I we had a, I had a friend who had a I had a friend who had a Mega Drive so I didn't so I vicariously enjoyed that I had friends who had Super Nintendos but the actual Nintendo console that's a retro curiosity for me it's a bit weird yeah the NES yeah. Or was it a fam- it was, where was it called Famicom or is that the other one I, I lose track of no, them the all Famic- the Famicom is the NES the Famicom is the family computer which is the Japanese ah. name for it and, and that was that released robot, in 83 right? I had that robot thing with that was that the I lose yeah, track of which Rob- is was, not, was it Robbie Robbie, I don't know. Robbie the robot. Anyway, to cut a long story short, uh, I'd never played any of them, and I think I don't think Mario. If I was if I was really honest, I didn't really get into any Mario games till probably the maybe even later down the line, as far as the Wii. Well, what's the one on the? What was the N sixty? Is the N sixty four? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I remember you. You the N sixty four one was Super Super Mario sixty four. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the one. Where <laughs> when it became more than I never I never liked the side scrolling variants. They were too hard. Still are. Yeah, you you brought the N sixty four home. You borrowed one from work, and you had yeah borrowed one from Blockbuster. That, that's right. Yeah, yeah, you had you had that in Goldeneye. I remember we yes, we played yes, that I one night yeah. around your house. We did, yeah, yeah, we did. Um, and, and so we were playing that. So that was, uh, and I think we both were like Mario sixty four. Like, yeah, it's all right. Yeah, <laughs> which is so weird. I remember yeah. th- thinking the three D world was amazing. I remember thinking, wow, it's just I just went yeah. by running around it a lot. But up to that point, if you said to me how many Mario games have you played, I could tell you probably none, maybe maybe one. Mm. But I don't remember yeah. ever playing anything any of them on us even on a SNES really because the person who I knew who had a SNES never was never into them either he was more into the sort of I don't know what you'd call them really you wouldn't say adult games but not not those games the Star Wars games and stuff like that and yeah 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 anyway so, that, so anyway that's that's Mario that's our views on Mario in the well, 80s you know, it's, uh, we don't have any <laughs> one side of the world is rioting meanwhile Mario he could have cured all that <laughs> he could have just dropped a few Marios in there to come running in yeah but yeah, it's, I, th- I always think it's interesting sort of thing to just to give a, a different viewpoint sort of thing on what is the sort of recognised history of gaming uh, that everybody was loving Mario all around the world. It's like, nah, 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 the word. Yeah, it's revisionist. <laughs> we, didn't, we, we didn't. We no. didn't really know much about them no. um, because we were too happy playing five-a-side soccer. How lucky we were. <laughs> Absolutely. But I would definitely recommend watching the Console Wars documentary that's out there in the world, partly because the first half an hour is about the history of the, if you're into it, the history of Nintendo and how they mm. came to be that dominant player in the US industry at the time absolutely just I don't think it even mentions Europe not till way later on during Sega and stuff so I'm not plugging it any more than that but go if you know <laughs> if you're really into that kind of thing that's probably something you'd like to watch that's all I'm saying um, yeah we'd like to uh, thank our sponsors the uh, Console Wars <laughs> the team behind <laughs> Console Wars would like us to say <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, if only we had sponsors. <laughs> uh, right, okay. Uh, so there you go. That's uh, what was going on in the world. So, yeah, Riots and Mario. Strange month. Uh, we'll be back in a moment with our next set of games. So stay around. Stay forever. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 
And we are back after our thoughts on Mario. Let's move to three more games that came out uh, in this month, September 85, uh, on the Commodore 64. And the first is a really odd game. This is a a strange old game. This is uh, Kennedy Approach. So, Kennedy Approach, air traffic control simulator. It is. Yep. It's exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah, it is. Let's move on then. Um, (laughs) So, Kennedy Approach, what, what did you think? What do you... How did you enjoy your time, or did you not, with this game? There's some important things about Kennedy Approach. So firstly, it's a microprose game. I don't mm-hmm. know if it's their first game. I'm not sure that it was, but it's it's a microprose game, which means it's a simulator, because they kept, became really well known for the simulators. And in fact, I think they even advertise other microprose games on the back of this one. By the way, there's a microprose game later on, which we review, which is very different, um, <laughs> to say the least. However, so it's it's an ATC air traffic control simulator. Loads of speech in mm, there. I have absolutely well. no idea what I was doing at all, <laughs> but I didn't have any instructions to go by, which I imagine this probably came with a book of instructions. They often did the micro simulations came with a really thick manual, if I remember rightly. It isn't my cup of tea at all, these kind of simulators, but I, in the same way that I never played train simulator or never played, I'm not into simulators, but this looked to me, and I'm no expert, like a particularly good simulation of air traffic control i don't get how anyone would enjoy it but i'm not into it but someone who really likes air traffic management might very well really like it i don't know it's it's a really weird idea for a game well it's not even a game is it what is it you know well i mean there was that early iphone game one where you had to guide the planes in which this reminded me of a little bit the controls once I think I did figure it out. The controls are actually pretty simple. So it's a single screen game. Well, it's a radar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you have a runway in the middle. The one I played, I played Atlanta. You know, so it's it's a radar screen sort of thing. And you'll see planes approaching from different directions and different angles. So they're approaching the runway, you know, they're at 5,000 feet, 6,000 feet, whatever. You click on the plane. You move your joystick, you've got a little square that you move around the screen. You move it onto the plane and then you click on it sort of thing. Once you've clicked on it, you can then... Make it change direction. You've got an eight-way arrow, which you move left or right to change mm-hmm. its direction. And if you move up and down, you can alter it. You know, you give a command, basically, to alter its uh, altitude. So what you want to be doing is aiming them towards the runway and lowering their altitude slowly so that they approach straight onto the runway and, and land. And like you said, you are looking at these on a radar. So the, the distances these things are traveling is great, but it's a very small screen, and you expect them to move quicker. But So you tell it, oh, move, just turn left. And you expect it to turn left like that. Except it doesn't because it's a plane, you know, firing at several hundred miles an hour in the sky. And so it takes a little time to turn left and you have to allow for that. And when you realize as well that the lines below it are, the, are, are where it is actually above the ground, not where it is on the screen, that's just all sort of tied together. You, you figure that and it, it all starts to pull in and then a second plane comes on and then a third plane and then a fourth plane. And then the one thing this did to me sort of thing, um, it, it really stressed me out. <laughs> It was really yeah. stressful um, and told me to never take a job in air traffic control, ever. No. That's not the career for me. Uh, basically, what happened in the time I played is I, I, I managed to land one plane. Uh, I had another fly off the runway. I caused one to run out of fuel and was about to have a mid-air collision when I turned it off. Uh, it was too much. Just too stressful. Uh, it's got really good use of speech. Uh, really clever. And there's loads of speech. It loads. You know, all yeah. the different things. And, and especially when you get that warning, we're running out of fuel or whatever it says. Mm. And you're like, oh, you're miles away from the air. I've, I've sent you off on a I don't know where. And then what I thought was this was, um, it reminded me, that this really worked for me because it was like Theatre Europe in its sort of, you know, step back and look at this from a distance and the Spartan visuals just worked in its favour. It's a great game. I thought it was a great game, really well executed, just 
God damn it, too stressful. Yeah, it, it yeah. is. I mean, it's 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 a very clever, feels like a simulation as well. So like you say, the stress you're feeling is because you really feel like you've got these aeroplanes in the sky and you've got to full manage them. Yeah, yeah, full of people. And, and and the weight of that responsibility and, it, and it's a simulation of that. So it, it therefore you feel the stress of it. And the graphics are like a radar. So they don't need to be super fancy. They need to be, because even on obviously modern radar is very different, but as a re- representation of an air traffic control radar, and you can go online and see modern air traffic control simulators that you can actually play online now so you can just google that and play them there's quite a few out there and Mm -hmm. they don't deviate this might be blockier but it's the exact same principle that you've got planes in the sky at different altitudes you've got to try and land them you've got to so that they don't hit each other so that they can land and and do all the things you would expect and it is a stressful thing like i said for me it was a curiosity to play and something i was thinking i admire how clever the simulation is because it really does feel kind of realistic it's not something i would have gone wow you know what i just feel like having a good dive into an air traffic (laughs) control simulation state but there are people out there that like that and what it shows for me is that they weren't frightened of playing and creating some of the most diverse subjects into games where they've tried simulations of things they've always done it badly and like Mm. we've said many many times if you're going to do a simulation make it feel good make it real make it you know make it have consequences and like you say the str- this is a, I mean I imagine that must be a crazy stressful occupation yeah incredibly so, so and play in play and this like like theatre Europe plays to the machine strength theatre Europe can replicate mass battles in the middle of Europe realistically so it doesn't it doesn't try to do that it does it from a bird's eye view very similar to you know what would go on to be like the classic level in Call of Duty 4 Death From Above where you're in the AC-130 helicopter just raining down and that sort of grainy film-like footage where you know the other levels in Call of Duty 4 don't look realistic but that has a certain level of photorealistic quality to it because it's it has a certain view and a viewpoint that we're used to yeah. this is like you said a radar representation of planes that, are, that don't look realistic it's just a plane mm. graphic your brain does the rest your brain fills in the fact that there's 200 people on that plane that you've got to get landed down safely and that's a really powerful thing i never played this because i think it back in the day it was disc only it was, um, was I, don't, disc only. I don't think i don't think there was ever a tape version so i never no. got to play this but you know this was a hidden hidden pleasure to go and find this and play yeah. this it's one it's a weird thing sort of thing i can't say that i enjoyed it because it was just so damn stressful but i can really really appreciate this that this is a really good like you said something different and something yeah out right. of the out of the out of the ordinary this is something you are not going to find in an arcade you're not going to go down to your local arcade side by side with <laughs> Defender and Golden Axe there's an, an ATC simulation it's just not going to happen so it shows that they were really thinking about what they could do on the platforms as opposed to just replicating what already exists and I think that makes it very interesting yeah Kennedy approach if you want something a little bit different to play and this still plays pretty well go, go and play it it's good fun well it's Absolutely. not fun at all it's, too, it's stressful as hell <laughs> interesting <laughs> what, am saying, what am I saying don't play this it's too stressful it's too much <laughs> from uh, one kind of simulation guiding airplanes around to one of I like to believe I'm going to just lay my cards on the table this is, I think one of the Commodore 64's jewel, jewel, uh, you know, crown jewels really uh, we're, to, we're going to talk about Summer Games 2 one of this issue's gold medals okay so Summer Games 2 uh, where do I start with this this is amazing uh, this is you know uh, we've played some sports games so far we have we've played various different sports sort of thing this is just all the sports <laughs> this is just all kinds of different sports and every one of them could and every one of them could be almost a game in their own right every single yeah. one there's so much nuance there's so much exquisite controls beautiful animation great sounds lovely music you know this is obviously the sequel to summer games which we, we, we have spoken about and and so this is the 
logical progression from that. This is taking what was great about Summer Games. It's not quite the jump from Pit Stop to Pit Stop 2, which Epics did, because Pit Stop was awful and Pit Stop 2 is amazing. But it's a similar kind of step up. It's that taking what was what the good elements of Summer Games was and then moving it forward in, in such a way that this is one of those games where, again, we said it last last time about um, where the Exploding Fist, which, by the way, should have been a gold medal. We, 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 we said it last week that this is, you know, this machine is starting to go, look what we can do. Look what we can do. From an animation point of view, a good friend from Impossible Mission um, is, is is brought brought to life again. So we've got our epic, we've got our epics runner, um, beautifully animated, um, and, and and the whole package of this is is incredible. There's there's so much to enjoy in in every single event. Almost, I could wax superlative about this bloody game for for the rest of this podcast. I'll, I'll hand over to you because I'm just going to run out of superlatives in a minute. <laughs> what is there not to like about this game? The animation's really good. It's got a really great intro sequence. It's got multiple dynamics of play, so you can play for the whole thing you can pick a level you can play it multiplayer you can choose bit you can choose certain events and just play them it's got a really really amazing variety of sports so from fencing javelin rowing cycling horse riding for goodness sake it's got really great animations in all of them all of them really slick all of them play really well it's mm-hmm. just great fun and even one player it was fun um there's yes. nothing there's nothing that isn't slick about it it's finished to a really high level and because of that you know it's using it's using a super fast loader i mean i don't think they mentioned it in the review but it was it loaded super fast it was the epics fast loader so it was really fast mm. so it was uh, it was almost instant so you these games were just so much was packed in and they were so much fun i mean yeah some of them aren't as good as the others there are some that stand out so the javelin was great laugh those kind of events less so the horse jumping which after a while of the horse kind of just collapsing into a heap <laughs> Um, becomes a bit more annoying but you can pick and choose what events you want to go at and you can get really good at certain sports in this which is something so the the dynamics of this game were were massive and it was the beginning of the games series really where it really became the powerful sports sports series so obviously summer games was what it was and there was it was you know a little bit of a test bed summer games too and then it it took off and never they never really looked back after that did they no they didn't and just to sort of say you were saying about the multitude of options of play styles you could include the summer games one event Could into you really? this. I didn't notice that. This is an option on there. And if you put it there and then you say choose a thing, you've got all the summer games events as well. <laughs> I mean, that's incredible. This is like, oh, oh, you know that previous game you bought? Yeah, just bring it in. Just, yeah, we'll just play that as well. So you can have 16 events. Oh, that is really cool. And, and play them all through with it's just it's just an it's astonishing packet and they're hard it's not like these you know it's not like they just run and jump and hey presto here you go some of these actually require some serious skill act rowing kayaking is tough it's really tough well that's i wrote that sort of thing i said i wrote great controls that bypass the usual waggle mm. um and and then and, and makes each event a test of skill there's so much there's there's just so much in this yeah you're right i think the equestrian is probably the weak link it's not as it's still great you know, it reminded me sort of the question reminded me of Kickstarter. Kickstart, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, um, I agree. Similar, you, you've got to have that speed ready for the jumps and what have you. I just kept taking off on the horse and it just kept jumping about three times and then collapsing in a heap. <laughs> <laughs> I managed it. So, in fact, what I actually did was, because I'm that much of a nerd, I, I wrote down my uh, playthrough all once and these were my results. Oh, God, Anorak. So I got 16.65 on the triple jump, 29.9 in the rowing, 97.06 metres on the javelin. I got disqualified on the equestrian, 1 metre 90 on the high jump. Uh, I won the fencing, 50 seconds on the cycling, 1 metre 23 on the kayaking. And I I enjoyed every single one of them. I played the hell out of this back in the day. Um, and that's even with the tape version because each event felt 
felt great. And the good thing it was as well, I used to, I am that sad sort of thing that I used to put in eight names, eight yeah. countries. Yeah, I, I did that when I played on my, it. And play yeah. on my own because then I got real value for money out of each bloody event. <laughs> um, and I got really good at them. Yeah, it's good fun to do that. All the events are good. I mean, it's got that nice opening ceremony. It's got a nice closing ceremony as well. It's just, oh, the closing ceremony is ace. It's, really just, it's just a complete package. It's a great, great, yeah. great game. And it's... It's the first. I think it's probably the first of the great multi multi event games. I guess you'd call them that because each one's you know, and, and they do they do variations of this as they get, and they actually get better as well. So some of the games is such they a do, such yeah. a strong point to start them from. Wow, America is riding high on the back of LA eighty four. There's, yeah. there's a real sort of buzz around sort of you know track and field and all that sort of thing in, in in america at this time and you can see that that's on the back of this because those closing ceremonies the guy in the jetpack you know the, the sky getting darker the the, the beautiful music the, the flame going out and then the fireworks yeah everything about this is you know is wonderful it's yes. just such a brilliant brilliant example of what this machine can do in the right hands what a what an amazing game it is des- a deserved well-deserved gold medal from them and certainly the score is reflective of its importance as well, because like we said last time, some every now and from here on in really, and it gets more common, a game comes up, maybe more than one, and they're just all of a sudden, you just start to see there's something really powerful about that game. Way the Expert and Fist had it last time, Summer Games has got it this time where they're, they're starting to really show that the Commodore 64 is very capable of doing more than just running around collecting stuff games which there's yeah, absolutely. You know, which was the default game choice i think this is yeah. brilliant this Epics, is a brilliant game yeah epics were they were on fire at this point you know they were they, yeah. were, they were really good and and it was a, a sign of quality this epic stuff yeah from here on in they had their hit and misses but this game series summer games and as we'll go on later with world games and california games and winter games they are astonishing they just get mm. better and better well and not so much better they're just, you know, they're different events. And in some ways, the graphics do get improved and stuff like that. But they never, they never so. did anything that was what you'd call by the book. So, you know, you get a sports game and you were going to expect there to be, like Decathlon, you know, 100 metre sprint, uh, possibly a hurdles because it's a 100 metre sprint with a jump, you know, easy peasy, really. They didn't shy mm-hmm. away from anything. You tell me where they went into a meeting and said, we're going to do horse riding, cycling and kayaking. <laughs> and people would have looked at them and gone, are you mad? Yeah. <laughs> are you actually bonkers? And they were gone. And they pulled it off. And with some real gusto. I don't think there's ever really a, another game of that type, multi-loader, that's as good, um, other than their no. own, other than other Epics games in that series. Yeah, absolutely. What I mean, they, they managed to make high jump work, which never really worked on anything. <laughs> it certainly didn't work. And what was the other, in the other one that had high track, jump? Tra- is it, was it track and field? Track and field had it, yeah. Up, oh, suddenly it? turned, flip, sort of, you know, it was weird, wasn't it, the way it worked? It was a strange, yeah. And it, of course, the, having the old Mission Impossible guy in it didn't hurt things, did it? That, that was always a great bit of animation. So, you know, w- why not reuse him? And of course, he he can uh, he can actually just jump as opposed to somersault because of course, if it was Mission Impossible guy, he would run and do the long jump, that triple jump. He would just do some kind of forward flip and get disqualified every time because you know, that's all he could ever do, right? And every time he got disqualified, he go. Yeah. <laughs> Summer Games Two, um, fantastico. Uh, uh, yeah, deserve classic, uh, deserve yeah. gold medal, and still brilliant, still brilliant fun. Go play it. We yes. really do. It's ace. Do it. Now the next one. So our last, our last game in this is a. This is an eclectic bunch of games we've got here. <laughs> Just a bit. Uh, we've gone from air traffic control to you know celebration of you know athletics uh, in the summer to monster trivia. Okay, so we've talked about the advert for this. Uh, we do talk about the advert for a lot of these. Actually, they seem to sort of pop up. Graham, monster trivia. Go on. So Paul Norman game. Thumbs up. Cosme Paul Norman good has had its pedigree of 
tough stuff no not all of it great great but okay he has his own unique kind of flavor this is just out and out weird <laughs> you know so it's, it's yeah. essentially a trivia game and you're in you can play multiplayer got really weird limitations on what you can call yourself it's ever so weird all of it's weird so you end up and, I, and for what i could gather you answer questions of varying different point values and there's a monster that's behind a giant door and i'm guessing if you eventually don't answer enough questions correctly the monster gets you i i, I didn't get that far into it but the questions are really hard for a start the categories and the questions are really tough really tough and you got to answer them by typing in and you got to get it i mean correct so there's no variations mm-hmm. and, and it, it does make that clear. You know, if you type in stuff, make sure it's this, make sure it's that. So you, there are rules around that. And if you like trivia and quizzes and you've, you know, people, because Trivial Pursuit is one of the biggest games on the planet. So there, people do like questions and answers. TV TV shows are made of games where people are asked questions and trivia games and quizzes and stuff. So people do like that kind of thing. It's just weird. I, I don't get why it's wrapped in kind of a weird monster thing. And it's just weird that it came from Paul Norman. I don't, the guy's got such a diverse range of games. It's weird that he went from, um, you know, for, Forbidden Forest to whatever it was, that other one we did to to this. The helicopter the Super helicopter Hugh, simulation, yeah, to suddenly a maze trivia game. So I've put that I don't find trivia games that much fun on my own. So and you have to play it multiplayer because you can't play it one player. It's minimum of two players. You can choose boy, girl. You can put your name in. So you get in so the questions. You pick the characters. You, you get the idea and you progress and answer the questions right or wrong. It's got some kind of graphics in it, a representation of a person, boy and girl. The girl's got proportions different to the guy, <laughs> shall we say. Um, so, you know, there were g- generous proportions in some areas. Weird Graphics are a bit rubbish, I thought. But it's a trivia game with other stuff around. I don't know what more to say. You know, if you, you either like being asked questions for points or you don't. I wasn't really into it, and I answered a few questions. Then, then they went so insanely hard. I was like, no kid's going to play this game because no one. Who would? How would they know that? No, no kid is going to know some of those science questions with like really difficult psychology questions and physics questions. I'm like, what? How is the kid going to know the formula for that? I don't know who it was aimed at. Really, adults, I think. Well, I think I think so. I mean, I but my, my first comment, yeah, is Paul Norma's. But- and Paul Norman, another term for the books like Martin Walker earlier. And I, then I actually thought, is, is Paul Norman the only person working at Cosme? I think he um, might be. Is Cosme- it's Cosme like Paul. It's just his sort of business, you know, his, his yeah, studio. Yeah, could easily that's what it is. And then I've noted down, is this Forbidden Forest the quiz? Because it felt like Forbidden Forest with its big intro and everything. He does like his sort of dramatic intros, doesn't he? And then I put, for some reason, it's turned into Saw with that sort of, we're going to play a game. And I was like, <laughs> this is really weird. And I, my notice my notice on this sort of thing, it says, this is hard to play now as the questions can be, they're very of their time. I and mean, we were talking trivia questions from 35 years ago that were, you know, relevant to what was going on and also as well it's very quite american oriented um which made me think that some of these you know it's, it's, it was very hard to answer any of the questions i did get some of them and and i did actually play through an entire round with two people so i did see the ending that the monster came out um and grabbed one of my players the monster is disturbing yes <laughs> did you not see it no i didn't get that far into it because i just just not into quiz games generally well well if you if you keep going eventually the monster comes out and grabs well, the I loser. that would happen yeah. Um, and but it's uh, it's quite it's like this really forbidden forest style monstery type thing. Um, okay. but it's like really weirdly animated. It's like flickery. It's just it's quite disturbing. And it just moves along, grabs the player, <laughs> and disappears back into the door with them. Yeah, it's a trivia game. But like you said, I'm always of the opinion that these kind of trivia games should just give me multiple m- multiple choice. Don't expect me to type in hydrochloric acid um, or whatever the <laughs> no. answer is. Um, <laughs> You know, or things like that. And at one point, it said, um, "Who was the physicist who hang, hung around with this?" So someone or other. And I thought, and it said to me, it "says Make sure you type in full names and all this sort of thing." And blah blah blah. And I went, "All right, Albert Einstein." Sorry, that's wrong. The answer is Einstein. Ah. <laughs> so I was, I got, I got slowly annoyed. 
There's also questions about who the, who owned Jesse's ranch in this this sitcom. I'm like, yeah, how yeah. the hell would I know? So it's, I can't recommend this because it's so of its time and it's yeah. so American oriented. You'd have to have a, a an encyclopedic knowledge of you know American trivia pre 1985. Yeah. Um, and then in, in that respect, and the fact you have to type everything in. No, not for, yeah, it you wasn't can't, for you me. Can't, you can't you can't recommend this to anyone right now, sort of thing. As an oddity, as a curiosity, as as a, as a weird thing, it definitely is that. But, yeah, yeah. You know, it is yeah, monster trivia. That, the the advert made it look a bit more lighthearted, but this is actually you know a bit of forest it style. Felt, it felt very dark. deadly serious. It was yeah, you know. And the, I say that it was a quite a big load. There was a lot of there's clearly a lot of info in that because there's all that question data and everything. So it was a it was a it was a chunky old load. Took a while. So when it finally got to it, you know, you realise that uh, you're going to be the questions. There's plenty of them in there to go at. But is every, you know, are you going to sit around with a computer and eight of your best <laughs> friends and play a trivia game where you have to scramble around the keyboard and spell everything perfectly correctly or you're dead well i mean this this could have replaced your uh you know you're inviting friends around for a game of mule or jack yeah. charlton's match fishing yeah so yeah if you're gonna you know, which do you want to do do you want to in- trade intergalactically <laughs> do you want to fish by staring at the screen and pressing a button if there's a fish or do you want to answer questions on pain of death <laughs> so uh, yeah you know it depends what kind of friends you've got yeah or do you want to play summer games too oh yeah or do that which let's face it you're going to do that this it complete, I don't know about you, but this completely skipped me. This game you know, at the time, I don't oh, remember no, ever I've, seeing anything to do with it at all. No, no, so I have no reference to this whatsoever. No, this is so, this, this bypassed me. Absolutely, same. So, and I don't think even if, if I'd have bought that, I would have been angry at myself. <laughs> so I'm glad I didn't. Yeah, yeah, I would have been as well. So yeah, we, that's we can't recommend it. If you just want to look no. at something that's weird, it is weird, but it's yeah. not something you want to go no. play. And if you want to play a trivial no. pursuit type game, just get Trivial Pursuit because you're probably gonna find it more fun than this yeah absolutely yeah um, I mean clues in the name alright so that's our games for this section we will be back after this brief interlude where we will be looking at music that was going on uh, in September 1985 stay tuned All right, welcome back. Uh, right, music, September 1985. Let's do this. Let's see what was going on. Let's look at our number one singles. So what were what was number one in the uh, the UK pop charts in September 1985? Well, the big one uh, for four weeks was Dancing in the Street, David Bowie, uh, Mick Jagger. That was a charity single from the... They recorded the video, didn't they? Kind of one take for Live Aid, I think it was, essentially. It, it was, yeah. I, 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 thought, I did have it in my head that it was a charity single. Yeah, I can't remember it what it was for. Although, was it on yeah. the back of Live Aid? Yeah, it was. They, they actually think they recorded it, the video for it, actually during Live Aid. I don't know when they did the, the music, but they recorded the video for it, sort of. They went off and did it, and then it was, I think it was played at, sort of, after that, after the fact. So, ah. hence the reason why it's kind of just a load of cars lined up in the background with their headlights on and them dancing. In the streets. Unusually dancing. Cause they, <laughs> yeah. Bowie's outfit is interesting, isn't it? Yeah, it's very 80s, isn't it, that? Very, I mean... Just a sort of an over, overcoat with a sort of one-piece leopard print thing, is it, if I remember rightly? Yes, it's kind of a... It's kind of... It's like, if you ever watched the film The Lost Boys, when he first goes into the comic book store, <laughs> he has a... I don't even call it, has it, call it a coat. Cloak, for one of a better description. <laughs> anyway, he's got one of them on, so... Yeah, must lots have been of high kicks time. and... And, and Mick Jagger doing that face. Yeah, Mick Jagger's <laughs> face, yeah. It's just, Mick, it, he does that He does that Mick Jagger well, face quite a lot in this. It's a good... Yeah, he does. It's a good song, and their version of it is fun, and they're kind of not taking each other too seriously in it, which is kind of nice. And I have a special affinity for David Bowie anyway. Not, I don't yeah, mind yeah. Mick Jagger. Right, I don't yeah. mind the Rolling Stones to some extent. What's keeping them alive now is a mystery to everyone in the world. You know, I, I don't know. They've outlived no David Bowie and... 
no, but you know what? It was a charity single. What can you say? And it was they had a lot yeah. of fun by the look of it doing it. I remember the video for two reasons. I remember the video with its music, and I remember that weird YouTube video where they somebody removed all the sound, <laughs> and it just has their feet just squeaking, breathing, just breathing and squeaking <laughs> with their yeah, shoes on the floor. Good. So, so that's why I remember. But yeah. It's good. It is good, yeah. But that was knocked off eventually by, ironically, Midjour with uh, If I Was. Oh, that song. Do you like Midjour? Do you like Ultravox? So my knowledge of Midjour Ultravox is um, I like uh, Dancing With Tears In My Eyes. Um, Just generally, I, I, that's the song. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's, it's, what, it's what I do. On, it's what it's what I do of an evening. Um, <laughs> just you can usually just find me dancing um, with with tears with in my tears. eyes. Yeah. Uh, um, Very emotional and I, guy. And uh, obviously, Vienna. You know, it's a good song, bit of a classic. You know. Um, that, that kind of period classic um, If I Was is okay it's just alright I don't hate it for some reason If I Was always it puts me in the mind of a, a status quo a slower status quo song for some strange reason <laughs> that's because you're thinking of In the Army now I don't know I, I, yeah, I, don't, I do I the think, same thing I don't know why I do I think, that I think If I Was uh, whatever it is yeah. but yeah it's not it's alright you know it's I can't say I hate it I can't say I love it it's just there isn't it just mid your one, yeah. I just find it ironic that he's knocking the uh, you know, the live aid single off number one, yeah. Well, he because he, of course, he helped write it, didn't he? Absolutely, he's but part and part and parcel of the whole uh, live aid thing. I don't know why, right? This is a weird fact, not a fact, a weird thing, and I don't know if you suffer this, but for some reason, I always associate mid jaw with the military. <laughs> I don't know why. I think if I think mid jaw, I think people in the army, and I think that's why I thought think status quo in the army now, but I don't <laughs> know the, why. I don't understand where the connections somewhere in the dark past of me seeing the various formats of mid jaw because he came <laughs> one point, he was kind of the mystery guy with a tiny mustache skulking around the streets of Vienna shouting. Next, he was this guy, <laughs> friendly faced guy who wrote. Do they know it's Christmas? Then he's, if I was a, a, you know, a better man, would other men reach out and touch me, is it? Which is probably a bit, I don't think that's the real lyrics. I've got a feeling I've amalgamated <laughs> several into on. But for some reason, if I think mid year I just think paramilitary, not paramilitary, that's weird. I just think military. I don't know why. I wonder what it is I, I, I've, Yeah, I've got that, that same image. I, I do believe sort of thing in one of the Ultravox videos sort of thing. They are, they are maybe in a tank. Could be that. I've got that image in my head, but it might not be him. I don't know. It could be. It could be dancing with tears in my eyes or something. Did he write I, I, I in the army now? <laughs> Did he write that or something? Anyway, I, I don't I, think he's got why. anything to do with status quo. But I think I think there's some kind of weird. But it's strange that we both have that link in our yeah. heads. <laughs> but yeah, maybe we were yeah. in the room at the same time when he he might have been on TV just talking about the army for all I know. But. Absolutely, trying to sort of you know conscript us. No, I, he um, was he was a bit of a beloved figure, wasn't he, Midjo? Um, he's a very talented songwriter, it has to be said. In yeah. all fairness to him, however, yeah. he was never quite going to get the hits, was he? This was an interesting number one for him because Ultravox never made it famously with Vienna, did they? So they were kept off by what's his face, <laughs> Joe, face De Lu Joe they? De Lucci, is it Joe De Lucci or Joe De Lucci with what's like, the matter? Yeah, yeah. yeah, what's the matter? You want it? Yeah, ah, matter matter you. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Anyway, let's crack on uh, albums. We talked about this uh, last week. Now that's what I call Music Five was uh, still at the number number one for two weeks. Then I was amazed. This was only one week. It was like a virgin. Um, I don't know whether this was a was back in. It was back um, in. Yeah, this it, is a, it, it must it, have been back in, but on the back of some single release, Live probably a. Back on, of the back yeah, of Live Aid, where but, she did a live performance I, of Holiday. I guess, but this is September, and Live Aid was two months prior. Yeah, but, you know, and she's also, there's been a series that there's also been um, Material Girl had been released in that time. and Yeah, um, so I think maybe who's, it's that just, girl and st who's that girl had 
Yeah, we talked about that, didn't we? Sort of yeah. thing. And, so uh, I wonder yeah, if it's just been a bit, of a, a bit of a resurgence there. But then that was knocked off uh, by uh, Kate Bush with Hounds of Love. Um, what an album that is! Which wow, is number one for, for, for the last two weeks of the month. Yeah, yeah it's are a you album. a big Kate Bush fan? Just out of- I'm a big Kate Bush singles fan. My brother had some of the albums. Um, I seem to remember. Um, I, I did find them. I think at the time. I don't think I was um, mature and intelligent enough to really understand what the hell I was listening to. Yeah, Kate Bush is, you know, is is to use the word eclectic, um, mm. and she has a particular predilection for being quite experimental in in, in, in and still being a bit poppy. Um, and so sometimes that works, be really poppy. So you things like you know Babushka, Wuthering Heights, and yeah. those kind of thing, uh, you know, and and, and you know uh, cloud chasing or whatever it was. The man with a child in his eyes. Uh, man with a child in his eyes, and all those kind of things. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant songs. Um, but then you get you know, and even the, sort of some of the weirdy stuff, which are army moves, uh, things like that. Other times, I was just left a bit cold by some of the mm. more you know weirder stuff. I just they're almost, I, co- I, I, they're I, almost concept albums in their own right. Kate Bush albums, yeah, really. absolutely, one hundred percent love Kate Bush. Um, I think for what she is, what she represents, what she did, um, yes. you know, in British music at the time, she did her own thing. Still does, um, which is you know still yeah, absolutely still does, and, and and has written some absolutely phenomenal tune, you know, and coming from like a really classical perspective as well, something which is an unusual mix. But at times, yes, I, I've got to say, I, I can't say I'm a huge fan of everything she's ever done. No, and I believe she still to this day writes, performs, and produces her own records completely herself. Obviously, obviously, I imagine she has teams, but she was a real auteur, musical auteur in that respect, you know. So if you listen to a Kate Bush record, you're listening to something that she put together, she wrote, she made, she she steered it, she did everything and released it herself. So she released released them on her own label. So she never worked, never really was part of a a bigger label where they would would have put pressure on to be more commercial. She didn't have any of that pressure. So she was able to remain Kate Bush. And the reason why Kate Bush sounds like that. Crazy, but good. Yeah. So new releases, singles that came out. Uh, Was there anything of note? Uh, Good stuff in there. I mean, Dancing in the Street was straight in at number one. Uh, we've most spoke about that. Of course. Um, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> I'll just put the note on this. Uh, uh, Lavender went in at number 23. With what? Uh, Marillion. Uh, the only Marillion song anyone likes, <laughs> I've written, which is probably going to anger the Marillion fans. <laughs> well, because I, I don't even remember it. Does anyone, what well, does it sound like? Lavender, blue, dilly, dilly. That is not that, by Marillion. Yeah, isn't it? <laughs> no, I'm sure it is. Lavender's yeah, it blue, is. dilly, dilly. That is not. Co- that I've copied that. You can see it's copied off the off the chat. I haven't written this. I've no, copied it out. Just, that's brilliant. I know, but I just don't think that's how it goes. I'm pretty sure that's like a lavender's blue dilly when dilly. When you it? love me, dilly dilly, I will love you. Is that's that, Marillion. That's really lavender. Is, he uses the words dilly dilly in a pop song. Yeah, Fair play. of course they do. It's Marillion. <laughs> I just thought that Kaylee was the only song they ever released. Oh, Kaylee's the other one, but no, lavender as well. I don't remember lavender. Anyway, when in at number twenty three. I am going to YouTube. YouTube the hell out of that because I have to wear that. <laughs> if I'm if if I'm wrong, then I'm wrong. But oh, I'm pretty oh, sure. I think I'm pretty sure dilly dilly that I'm even right. Even if you're wrong, <laughs> you're going to be right because I'm going to put dilly dilly in that damn song if it's not because <laughs> there's not enough dilly dilly in songs these days for me. But no, but the, the yeah. I, I never liked Marillion. I know somebody who did, but there you no. go. I will hold that against yeah. him. Uh, St. Elmo's Fire, Man Classic. in Motion. John Parr in at 82. Oh, God, the, uh, hair, the hair's getting bigger and bouffantier and the voice is getting <laughs> gravelier by the second day. Yeah, absolutely. I love my man emotion. It's got one of the best middle eights in any tune. I, yep. I love that song. Uh, yeah, that was uh, obviously from the films at Elmo's Fire, which was uh, very, very um, iconic around that time. This was quite interesting. At number 96, Who Needs Love Like That uh, by Erasure, which was their first single, wow. their first release. So this was Erasure, you know, which would obviously Erasure would go on to become like a, a pop powerhouse, really, wouldn't mm. they? 
Um, but they their first their first single because I saw this and I was like, oh, let's have a look. It turned out, yeah, it was their very first single release. Wow. Uh, I, I do not remember this. I do not know this song. This is not an erasure song that I'm aware of. Um, and similarly, um, first released by another, what would become another pop powerhouse was Take On Me uh, by Aha in at number 55. Wow. Well, that must have climbed in the UK chart because I remember that. Did that get re-released and become get higher in the chart at some point? Uh, I'm not sure if it re-released. I'm not, sure, I'm not sure if it did get to number one or not. Uh, it might have done. Find out. I remember hearing it. So it, I remember oh, yeah, seeing it on top of the pop, is, so... Well, no, this is this is the this is where it entered the charts. All oh, right, so, so it entered the charts of fifty five. All I've right. done is like I'm, I'm Great song. where it entered. I'm not saying where it got to. Um, we'll probably have a look at that later. In, in no small um, part, that particular song helped by its amazing video, which got really heavy oh, yeah. airplay at the time across MTV. And then that was one that was one of those really crazy at the time amazing videos. The animation and the real time singing in in the cartoon and it's just amazing stuff really is even now it's good yeah um, and, and a great it, it really song is. a great song altogether all said and done it is it's just it's, that's that's one of those few pop songs sort of thing that has you know really improved with age you yes. really it, it, you know at the time it was taken as like a bit of a teen you know teeny bopper type thing but it's not it's just a it's great it. great pop song as evidenced by the fact many different covers of it in many different styles. There is. Uh, that we- classic, there's that really good Scar version. Yeah, and, Weezer you know, did a good version of it. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a really classic tune. It is. Uh, Albums-wise, not a lot that stuck out uh, for new releases, um, and I didn't really note down much else. Uh, the only new releases really that came in were The Head and the Door from The Cure. Mm-hmm. That was in at number seven. And obviously we had the uh, number one albums. And there was World Service by Spear of Destiny. Mm-hmm. Post, it, post-punk, is that, is that classed as post-punk? Uh, I think so, yeah. I mean, Spear of Destiny were, were one of those sort of in the middle of punk and sort of goth, sort yeah. of that new model army style, yeah, I would yeah. say, sort of thing. They had, some, they had some good tunes, which I really like, Radio Radio. and Liberate. Um, I'm so, I'm liberate, I'm so in love with you. Yeah. Some good tunes, but, uh, you know, it was a... Uh, uh, a Spartan month for, for new releases. That's it, really. That's your music. Kate Bush. We like Kate Bush. No, what's not to like? Absolutely. So there you go. Um, that's your music for September 85, dominated by, really dominated by Bowie and Jagger, shall we say. Um, and then, and then, and then dan- still the fallout and then dancing from Live in the Aid, isn't it? It's still, even in September, the fallout of Live Aid is still there. It's still happening. Yeah, I think it is. Um, so there you go. So we'll be back in a moment. Our final round, our final set of games for this part. We'll be looking at three more. So keep with us. Okay, and welcome back to part three of our round for the games. Um, we're going to look at three more just before I do. Um, in the break, there Graham familiarised himself with the dilly dillies. Um, from uh, lavender, and He's, indeed there are um, dilly dillies. Yeah, there are. So I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't wrong. There are dilly dillies in the song "Lavender" by Marillion. Um, so there you go, dilly dilly. Okay, so what we're we looking at our first game. So we're coming back. We're, we've got another game from Microprose, um, home of the simulation, and this game is Mig Alley Ace. I think one of the words in that title is wrong. <laughs> um, um, personally. Um, and it ain't Mig and it's not Ali. So the first thing that I noticed about this, so this is um, it's another flight flight fight simulator. It's interesting that it's split screen, so it's two people, blah, whatever. But the first thing I noticed was that the, it said 1984 on the title screen, which led me to think we're in, you know, end of night, getting towards the end of 1985. Mm. We've looked at software from the 1984 and, and yeah, it's not that great. It's not as good as mm-hmm. what's being put out these days. And so I was a bit like, mm, okay, and yeah, that was 
pretty much well founded. This is a really, really, really boring split screen air combat game. There was different scenarios you could change and to, uh, for the life of me, I could not tell the difference between any of them. They just saw me flying around, trying to line up a, 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 a plane. And I, and I don't know if I was doing something wrong. Um, this is a really good example of what you said earlier, sort of thing about trying to sort of wonder, you know, what the difference, you know, you had, you've had lots of green and lots of blue, um, yeah. very, very little else. This is a really good example of like, we've got green and blue and we can sort of move it around when you move left and right to simulate you, the ground shifting around. You line a plane up in your sights and you fire once. Now, I don't know if mine was broken, but I could never fire again. No, um, uh, yeah. I could, I could only, I could only let off one, one round of shots. I didn't know if I was supposed to reload. There was some, in, in the words of William Shatner, some flashing and blinking lights. Um, but I didn't know what anything meant. <laughs> I didn't know what anything meant. Yeah. Um, I didn't know why they were flashing or blinking at me. I mean, it, it, it's it's relatively fast. Don't get me wrong. Something there's a, there's a speed. At least there's some speed, like to the turning and the bobbing left and right and whatever. But it's just it was so boring. It was so bland. You know, this is you know twins. You know, I don't know. Maybe it's better with two players again. Another one of them. But I don't think it would have been. I don't know. Did you get anything else from it? No, I. Just came to the very quick conclusion with this. So I thought this is meant to be a two-player fight, dogfighting simulation. So, you know, you're in the air dogfighting a la Top Gun type idea. Awful graphics, really blocky and chunky, out of its time, out of its depth, um, not really fun or playable, just awful. And if I was going to play something like this, if I put it side by side with something like Sky Fox, I know where my money's going. So it was just, yes. it was, a, it was just a game that was, I think, really, clearly released too late. Um, and if I'd have had the choice, uh, I wouldn't have released it. Oh, this was a microprose game as well. So yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. yeah. So is, I think yeah. I, my feeling this was just on a back catalog item. They thought, well, we may as well put it out, which I don't like. I don't like it when games companies do, did that because it just feels like a cash and grab. So people trading on the microprose name, thinking, oh. Well, Microprose normally do good stuff. Let me see what this is. And it's awful. No, I don't think it, it certainly didn't deserve because it got, what, 60-odd, I think, in Zap, and I don't think it deserved that. Uh, no, it got, it got 54. Yeah, so I don't think it even deserved that. It's for me, not, this, was, this, this wasn't a, a fun, playable game for two players. It was, you know, Summer Games 2's out. I know it's not Flight. <laughs> I know it's not Flight Simulator, but if you're going to have a fun game for multiplayers, why would you choose this blocky monstrosity? Just go and play something like, yeah. you know, and even if you want to play a, a dogfighting game where you're shooting stuff, go and play Sky Fox. I got more enjoyment from the closing ceremonies of yeah, Summer Games just, 2 you wouldn't choose this. this no just again it's like if, if in a world where Pit Stop 2 exists why would you buy Pole Position in a world where Sky Fox exists why on earth would you play this rubbish so yeah I, I have a feeling uh, you know I mean and I, and it was also it was £10 wasn't it nine ninety five. yeah rip off um, you know this is pr premium price um, for the games back then I would suggest my, my only sort of thing about this it, it is a this obviously I reckon got released in the US probably when it came out yeah and then it, 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 it somebody picked it up and then brought it over here yeah. with all the other Microprose games. So Kennedy approached this. We'll probably see others as well dotted about um, as they just sort of, all the Microprose games just get dumped over here. Some work, you know, Kennedy approach has a really sort of interesting angle and a, a, a very strong aesthetic and choice about what it does. This is just bland, dull, nonsense. boring, yeah, rubbish. out of its time nonsense. Yeah, no. Rubbish. Yeah, I think we've said enough about Migali Ace. Like I said, it's certainly not Ace. Migali Ass. <laughs> So let's talk about something much, much better. And that is uh, another sports game. So this is our second, you know, eclectic range of sports to be sort of brought together under one umbrella. Um, and this is the arcade conversion, uh, the season four conversion of the arcade title, Hypersports, the sequel to track and field in the arcade from, uh, you know, on fire Konami at the time, I guess. Yeah. You know, Konami were, were knocking out 
uh, in the arcade. They were they were they were one of the big guns back then, weren't they? In yes, the, in they the were. arcade on the Capcom and uh, Taito, I guess, or Tecmo or whoever. I Williams. Can't what the others were. Huh? Midway, uh, Williams, you know, Midway, all these kind of big names, sort of knocking mm. out these great arcade games. And Hypersports was no no exception to that. It was a, a good choice, but it had some different kind of events to track and field. It was a real, uh, a really eclectic mix of sports. And let's not beat around the bush here, sort of thing. I'll, I'll come back to you in a minute, sort of thing, uh, and just play my cards. And this is a great arcade conversion. Um, I don't know what you think. Yeah, absolutely. You, you, yeah, completely. I, I put it, 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 if it's not arcade perfect, this is pretty damn close. Yep. This is literally the arcade game in 64K. Yep. Pretty astonishing, really. And not only that, let's so let, let's rewind. Let's go back. When this game boots up, what's the first thing that happens? That music. Yeah. And, and we could sit here and probably talk about 10 minutes about that music. It's a rendition of Chariots of Fire by Martin Galway. Mm-hmm. It's astonishing. It's one of the, it's still one of my favourite pieces of C64 music. And I was reminded of how good I liked it and how good it is yes. when I listened to it on a pair of headphones coming straight out and got a, a real proper decent sound quality mm-hmm. mix of it rather than from a 14-inch mono speaker. TV speaker that I usually used to have sort of thing. Actually hearing it in, in a decent mix, oh, that tune is incredible. There's so much depth to that tune. There is. It's it's astonishingly good. Um, and, you know, for those who don't know, Chariots of Fire was a film about uh, English men running on beaches, made in about 1982, 83. I don't know, it was, a, it was an Oscar winner. It was it was about two, two, sort of, uh, two English men who were sort of competing against each other in... Some some Running. old Olympics, old Olympics basically. So they were competing against you, and that's what Chariots of Fire was about. The Brits are coming, as we you know historically said at the uh, Colin Welland, I think it was at the at the Oscars when we won some Oscars for it. Mayho, um, and this piece of music is you know is it Vangelis? Yes, is it, it Vangelis. Yes. It is a Vangelis piece. It's, an, it's 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 one of those examples where I mean the original is great sort of thing. This stands as, for me. This stands beside the original, not as a knockoff. Not as an impersonation, but as a as a decent interpretation and, and reinterpretation of it in three channels on a SID chip. It's incredible. I don't know. You probably I don't know. Do you like it? Do you think it's great? It's astonishing. As soon as the game starts and you hear it, it's just as soon as it starts and you get the the sort of the you know the the famous wow. opening phrase. You just get you just get that opening phrase. It's just it's it's just and it's a, it's an astonishing conversion of the arcade. The music, even if it was mediocre, this music would set it apart because it's so damn good. It is brilliant it just it was the sid chip suddenly becoming and showing how much power it had and and really utilizing uh, all three channels <coughs> and really utilizing the, the you know the the various ways that because galway had a really unique sound player and it made unique galway type sounds as as is evidence in all the things that he did it has that it has a uniqueness that's that sound, makes it sound like him as much as rob hubbard had his player dave Whittaker had his player galway had his player and even now i remember having a conversation with ben dowglish about galway's player which confused them all because it was it was just he wrote it himself i believe and it's it did things that none of the other composers were doing with the sid chip and self-writing stuff and very fancy code behind it that made it sound yeah. like it did that aside it is a great piece of music anyway and it's a really great version so it Instantly, you're in the you're in the zone with the game. It sets the tone for that that game so perfectly that you're in the zone. The game has mm-hmm. the visual panache to carry it over as well, right from where you choose your you put your name in, and it's got that nice star sort of selector. It reminded me of Rambo when you put your name in in that uh, when you die mm-hmm. in Rambo. Obviously, it had that real polish to it, and it it was a great version of the arcade. In and it inherited the fault with the one single fault with the arcade is that it was bloody hard <laughs> and that's the i mean and, the, and that's that is the only fault um that if you want to see the later levels you've got to get good at the original ones and just get good at them and the shooting one is a, a bit hit and miss for everybody once you get it 
and you can do it, you can do it. But they are quite tough, those, to get to the progression. And even when you get past that and you get to uh-huh. the, and the, the, I think it's the, um, the gymnastics um, vault jump after that. Um, and after that, you know, and, and getting to that, you do the rolls and the flips, but it's just great. You know, it's great. It's as good as the arcade. What can you say? And that's something to be said. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's, it's, it's got great. really nice, really, really, really good and well animated graphics. The, there's some, you know, the, the main sprite um, <clears throat> for, for the events is, is you know, is r- really good. It's a big chunk, you know, big, well animated um, athlete kind of guy. The, the swimming is really nice, sort of that sort of split screen. You know, each lane being of its own you know, section, it works really well. It, it replicates every sort of mechanic, pretty much that I can remember from the arcade. It maybe not have the speed sort of thing, but you know, the you know swimming and the breathe. So you you've got strategy. So it's not it's this waggle, but it's also strategy. There's also you know, like you said, it does different things. So I mean, I, I got all the way through the events. Um, so I, I played through all of them, and so the you know the shooting is really. You know, it's a, it's, a, it's a timing. It's a re- re- reflex mm-hmm. timing-based thing. There's no waggling here. You know, it's right, left, you know, right, 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 and then we'll do, and it gets faster as you do better. That's what, that's one of the things I really like about it. Sort of thing is that if you are doing really well, it gets harder. Um, if you're doing poorly, it stays quite easy. Mm-hmm. It's a nice sort of difficulty. What what games like something like Resident Evil Four does with throw more enemies in your put. You know, if you're doing well or does less if you're doing badly. It's that kind of reading of how you're how you're doing and sort of reacting to that. So that's quite nice. The, the horse, the vault is is tricky. That is quite a hard one. The the triple jump, probably not as good as the one in Summer Games Two. It, it, it's a shame, sort of thing. This is coming out in the same month as Summer mm. Games Two, almost because it's kind of a little bit overshadowed. Because if this came out in any other month, this would be your sports game, you know, of choice. Mm. Because there is, you know, six decent events, and and it's it's got that arcade feel to it, like you said, from that opening title screen. The stars, the the range of events, the archery is love, you know, really nice because the archery is all based around timing, reading the wind, and, and and things like that. The only real one that I was never a big fan of, and is still quite tricky, is the weightlifting. The last one, yeah, you know, and that's it. Six events, but this is yeah, this was literally the the you know the arcade machine in 64k in your living room reading the review and something i wasn't aware of sort of thing it's a big shame sort of things it's not two player which is i think a stranger no. mission no i think that they had to sacrifice the two player part for it to be as graphically and as orally stimulating as it is it's mm. you can only get so much in 64k i guess so i mean i i don't know what you would have cut sort of thing or how they would have done it i mean there's only really the swimming that would have needed to be sort of represent two players um everything else is you know take it in turns anyway but i could see you know i imagine this is that machine is probably rammed to the gills with the code for that thing yeah yeah, it's a because as well, not, yeah, because as well, not just the, the, the opening music, we've spoken about the music sort of thing, but all the in-game yeah. little tunes that is, you know, uh, when you get a world record, everything, everything is just great. It's just a, a, an overall, this was a, and this was a Imagine, wasn't it? It wasn't Ocean, it was Imagine. It was Imagine, yeah. Um, and Imagine obviously had gone down in well, flames. It, well, it was Imagine Play the Game. Yeah, so, but they were, I mean, it was the same logo, let's face it. Same logo, but different, um, but different company. Absolutely, because they were owned by Ocean, weren't yeah. they? Ocean picked up the name uh, Imagine, but what had happened with Imagine previously, sort of thing that, that you know exploded in a fiery, fiery mass of lies, Porsches and Cyclops <laughs> and Bandersnatches, yeah, and, for, and obviously Denton Designs had splintered off from that. There's probably others as well, and so it was quite interesting that you know it had 
that Imagine became this kind of, um, I think they, they became almost the, the place for the Konami conversions, didn't they? They did, yeah. Imagine. yeah they probably got the license um, from Konami. Yeah, so it was quite interesting sort of thing because the, you, you would have these these sort of official license you know, conversions, whereas now you just get the Konami game and it should be everywhere, wherever sort of thing. Back then it was these weird sort of conversions by, by Imagine, which wasn't, wasn't Ocean, but was Ocean. And obviously Galway was the Ocean in-house composer. Um, and so you, you had this kind of, this track record, because Ocean were a pretty decent software house, as we'll see in a bit, um, and releasing some really interesting software. Yeah, this is this is a, just a really, really good conversion that, that was probably one of... It, it's, like I said, it's a shame this is in the same issue as Summer Games 2, because it is... And it's a weird as well sort of thing, because it, it did get 90, but not a Sizzler, because they don't know, they note in the review that they got it really late, which is why there's no screenshots or anything. Again, such a shame because it's such a looker. <laughs> the graphics are great. If you can't get the arcade machine sort of thing, then play this. This is pretty much it. If you if you like these kind of games, if you like really good, strong home com- computer conversions of mid eighties arcade games, they don't come much better than this. No, I agree. Definitely one of the better, one of the best arcade conversions. I think. I think so. It's only um, bettered, I think, by a couple of other, which would be from Konami Ocean. To get further a bit further on, one of my favourite games of all time, in fact. Um, we'll cover that at some point, I guarantee it. Um, so let's round off this, uh, episode with our our last game to look at, Kayak. Much to say about Kayak? No. (laughs) It's a, for me, it's in the, why does this game exist file? So it's a 3D-ish kayaking simulator. So you're yeah. so in other words you're you can see the tip of your boat you're kind of going first person styly down a very rudimentary looking 3D environment I say I'm hesitate to use the term 3D here but it is kind of that viewpoint um, um it, yeah. it's so you're floating down it's sort of okay-ish in terms of its speed but it doesn't feel like you're careering down a ravine in a kayak it just feels like you're sort of juddering around some kind of blocky blocky-esque landscape that's varyingly painted with sort of very basic colours. Um, the sound effects sound like someone's trying to suck milkshake up a straw, and it's just boring. It's just it's just boring. It's a simulation of a thing that's, that's again taking something very exciting and rapid and changing it into something not exciting and not rapid, and just ugh, was my comment. Ugh. Why? I mean, I, I'm probably not quite as harsh on it. Maybe I put, a, a, although this might be damning with faint brains, I put not te- not terrible kayaking sim. So I, I thought the the 3D effect wasn't that bad, and was certainly better than others we've seen. Um, and there was kind of a weird bit of solidity to the world. I don't, I don't know. There was there was something to it. It was better than something like Talladega. I know that's not saying much, but hey ho. I didn't have much to say about it. I mean, it's it's cheap. It's £2.50. It's the... Uh, is it Fire, it's Creative Sparks range? I don't even know where they came from. I, to be fair, I, I was unaware of this range of software. I don't know if you were aware of them from back in 1985. I'd never... Mastertronic, I knew of Firebird, I knew of Creative Sparks. Were you aware of them? No. <laughs> no, not... No, <laughs> I wasn't either. So this is a you know budget range, £2.50. I, I, I just put... So I expect your love for kayaking will be how much you will get out of. You know, if you like kayaking and you like that, then playing it at home, it's better than Glider Pilot. Zap gave it 61. I'm struggling to see why. I can Maybe the price was a bit of a factor in that. But yeah, it is it's it is exactly what it says. It's a 3D kayaking sim that is exactly what you'd expect from the C64 doing 3D game. You know, there's no surprises here. No. You know, kayaking, uh, it's not white water kayaking anyway. It's more placid river kayaking. Yeah. <laughs> I'll keep saying the word kayak. 
because it's an interesting word. If anyone's into kayaking, they're not going to re- race for that simulation. No, you just go play the kayaking bit of uh, Summer Games 2, e- wouldn't you? Exactly. Why would you? And yeah, I get, <laughs> they get that they try to do something clever, but it, it's only clever if it works, and it just doesn't work for me. It just To be fair, I don't think there's been a lot of kayak simulators ever since, so I'm guessing it's probably a genre that never needed a game. <laughs> Yeah, I can't actually think of any other kayak themes. No. No. So kayaking, kayak. <sighs> yeah. No, 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 no. Don't bother with it. It's, you know, it's leave it leave it where it is. Probably, you know, moored to, tethered or moored or tethered to a, a jetty appears somewhere in the annals of history. I think it's where it needs to be. Absolutely. There we go. So that's our look at the games this week. Um, we've obviously got more to come next week. What we're going to do right now, though, sort of thing before we get to the roundup, is we're going to look at our first uh, round of crapverts. Now, that may be a bit of a misnomer in this one because adverts are getting a bit better and so they're not as horrible as they were. So, you know, people are starting to realise that we actually need to put some Effort. focus on these adverts and, 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 and not just put crap in. Some are still crap and some are just strange sort of thing. And so... The first one we're going to look at is the advert for uh, Beachhead 2. Now, the reason I've included this Beachhead 2 one sort of thing is that essentially this is the cover of Zap. (laughs) (laughs) It totally is. It is the cover of Um, Zap. It is the cover of Zap, which I thought was incredibly weird sort of thing. I thought they've obviously, Zap have reviewed it. Oliver Frey's done this intro and they're like, you know what? That's way better than anything we could do. Just grab that. (laughs) But for some strange reason, they've put it on a 3D green vector grid. Yeah, <laughs> which I can't for the life of me figure out. That's incredible. You know, that really is incredible. I don't know why they've done that, but um, I don't know. I don't know why they've done that. I guess it's so that it just doesn't look like the cover of Zap. <laughs> but, but let's face it, three three quarters of this page is the cover of Zap. It is, but it just I just I, you know what? That's mad. But I suppose it's I mean, good old Oliver. Good for Oliver Frey. I guess they just thought you know what? We're not going to get any better than that. Like you say, just use that. Just use that. Absolutely, it looks great. Over. 100,000 people captured the beachhead in 1984. Day you return in 1985. And, and, and you know, they're, they're clearly playing on this. We talked about Rambo last time. Um, and they're really playing on that. Their only hope was your promise to bring them back alive. <laughs> it's like, uh, okay, but I don't really, I didn't really remember Beachhead Two as being a rescue the prisoners and captives kind of game. Well, no, it's not really, is it? It's a you're as a attack I the you're turret. Taking down a dictator. Yeah, and then it's a, the only rescue bit is where you've got to stop them being the injured people being murdered as they wander over a battlefield, essentially. Or, yeah, the boring bit. Yeah, so. <laughs> I think that's a little bit of uh, a license there. Yeah, they're obviously clearly playing on that the Rambo fever at the time. Yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, it's an, it's an interesting advert in, in the way that they take it. I've, I've no idea that green background. It, it's a it 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 really it's just crap. It just shout, shouts kind of you know game world, doesn't it? It's green, la- you know, laser grid. Yeah, but in the middle is Oliver Frey's great artwork. Yeah, well, fair um, play to him. So fair play. Yeah, it's a strange one. Our next one is another... I don't know if this was actually an arcade conversion or whether it was just a home computer done. It might have been in the arcades, I don't know. Uh, Super Zaxxon. And it says, Zaxxon is back. Is this the ultimate challenge? So is Super this a Zaxxon? sequel to Zaxxon? Is this another... I don't know. It must be, I guess. Uh, I mean, it is, a, it is a sequel to Zaxxon, but I, didn't, I don't know if it was in the arcade or whatever. But I've got a real problem with some of the... I don't know. Some of the perspective looks weird on this. And, and I don't remember. I mean, unless this is an addition for Super Zaxxon, but that, that, the dragon is weird. Yes, yes, you, the, I agree. Zaxxon is a game about flying through tech stuff in space. Why is there suddenly a fire-breathing dragon? There must be one in the arcade or something. I mean, it's challenges to your depth perception, aside from that weird sort of angle, angular viewpoint they've drawn, which 
sort of makes no sense when you look at it. The longer you look at it, the more it hurts your brain. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, um, just weird. And I think that you, you fly up and down in that game, do you? Or is it all flying from top, sort of bottom to top? I don't know, because that, that makes it look like you can come back on yourself in there because the jet fight is coming the other does, way. Yeah, but all the screenshots, those have you going... You know, bottom left to top right. Yeah, and as then, per normal and then the adverts, action, so I don't know. The other was, maybe it changes. Maybe it flips in the game. Who knows? Top right to bottom left. Yeah, who knows? what a challenge. I don't like as well. I don't like the the font. No. For the top bit. No. It's like if you just showed me that, I would be thinking, oh, is this some kind of ninja game? Yeah, and I think they've. Yeah, it's weird that font at the top because it is. It is basically a sort of you know karate challenge. For them. Must that font must be called something? That typeface must be called something like you know uh, kung ninja. fu or ninja or something. <laughs> but even that word super that they've got on Saxon looks like it was added because and it's also mm-hmm. in green and everything else is blue. It's just stupid colorization and. <laughs> Yeah, it is weird as well. And I also don't like as well that the way that the N has got a shadow. Yeah, um, and why is it all caps at the do? top as well? Why is Zaxxon is back in normal? And then is this the ultimate challenge? Shouting at you. I don't know. Shouting at you. And also, is, ninja, they've ninja highlighted language. the wrong word. Is this the ultimate challenge? Sure, it should, ultimate should be underlined there, really. Is this the ultimate challenge? Yeah, it's not. Is yeah, this the so, ultimate yeah. challenge? Is weird. It's weird to emphasize well, you could, it that you way. You try reading it by just emphasizing each different word. Is this the ultimate <laughs> is this challenge because though this could it could work for this <laughs> yeah. but challenge doesn't is, is this the, the ultimate, ultimate challenge challenge <laughs> <laughs> is the ultimate challenge no no it's not <laughs> no, no it's not no it's not no. No. Uh, so yeah Super Zach's and a strange advert um, just looks it looks like a, an amalgamation of ideas that don't really work no our last one that we're going to look at for this part is a game we're going to look at uh, in in next week so this is Rescue on Fractalus mm. <clears throat> Uh, Activision's first release from Lucasfilm Games it, it pr- proudly presents Hear what Jeff Minter says One of my all-time favourite <laughs> Alright, cheers Jeff <laughs> Stunning solid 3D visuals The most amazing impression of flight through mountainous terrain Look out for this one I think it's ace Then it's got that quote Then it says it's from Zap64 I, I don't know why it says <laughs> Hear what Jeff Minter says Because it's just It's not even in speech marks So it's it must be. It must be what he thought, essentially, and it's just that's all kinds of grammatical craziness, aren't it? Yeah, I can't make it. Why out. is the, ni- why is the nine ninety nine so big? Why is the pound sign so strange? <laughs> we may never know. Well, it's an American company. They probably don't know what a pound sign looks they, like. Well, they don't because that's that's. I'm not even sure what that is. What currency that is? It's nine. It's nine ninety nine Iglanos from whatever country that the Iglanos. <laughs> that ain't are, no pound. There are other things. There are other things I want to talk about on this uh, advert. The fact that it, they've obviously used some kind of you know mishmash of models, real people, dolls, or whatever mm-hmm. for the outside bit to make it look more realistic. So it's you know brown landscape with a flying saucer. A green beam and it, is, it looks okay what i've got a bit of a problem is though is i don't know what that hand's holding at the bottom <laughs> it's a flight controller stick it's just it's just a bit dark <laughs> and greasy in it to be really sure so at the, at the bottom there's the, the you're obviously looking out of the cockpit um and you're looking at this guy running towards you so if you've seen, played the game and we've seen it you, it's a 3d fly around and so but at the bottom there's a what well, you know there's a pair of legs and a hand all in shiny black leather pleather pleather yeah that's pleather right? um, and it's grasping a joystick between its yeah, legs so it's just you can't really see the joystick you can just see its sheen so it's potentially <laughs> yeah. lub- that means it might be lubricated and that you know and that's as, that's as far as that controller ever needs to be shown yeah and I reckon like if that guy who's running towards the cockpit saw that sort of thing he'd probably turn tail and run the other direction <laughs> it's a strange advert it's just a weird mishmash of like 
puppetry and yeah. effects. And why is, the, why is the guy who's running towards the ship, why is his right hand glowing? We don't know. We don't know. He's also massive. Yeah, he's massive and he's got a fire fist <laughs> about to, about to, just about to shoot a fireball <laughs> from his fist. It might be the glow from the flames, I suppose, but uh, from the explosion to his right. But um, what the hey? You know, as a representation of the game, it's all right sort of thing. Yeah. It's, just a, it's just a weirdly, weird, it's just a strange advert when you see it. It's like, I don't know, it looks like it's something you see on Mystery Theatre 3000 or something. It's a strange thing. There you go. So there's our crap birds. They'll all be up on the website so you can have a look at them yourself and, and judge for yourself whether we're too harsh or not. That's it for the first part of September 1985. What games have we looked at today? Uh, we have looked at Sky Fox, uh, Rupert and the Toymakers Party, Five-A-Side Football. We've looked at Kennedy Approach, Summer Games 2, Monster Trivia, Mig Alley Ace, Hypersports and Kayak, uh, a varied range of games. We heartily recommend some of them, as you can probably guess. We'll be looking at more games in the next part. So join us for that, where we'll be knocking a ball around uh, the Open uh, with Nick Faldo. Nick Faldo plays the Open. We will uh, a wizard in Merlin. Uh, we will be. We've got a cricket face-off, which is something you really don't want to miss. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do, having played those games. Yeah. Ian Botham's Test cricket uh, versus Graham Gooch's Test cricket, and we find out if the Great American Cross Country Road Race is really great. On that note. I've been Adrian Mills. I have been Graham Ruddings. Uh, and this has been Zap to the Past. Uh, join us next week and we'll have more games for you. Thanks for your time. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Zap to the Past podcast. We hope you enjoyed our deep dive into the world of Commodore 64 games, as well as the music, sights, sounds and news from around the 1980s, driven, of course, by the issue of Zap 64 magazine published at the time. We will be back next week with another podcast, so do please join us. Until then... Please head over to zaptothepast.com to sign up to our email list, as well as check out all the links and resources in the show notes. You will also find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram under Zap to the Past. The Zap to the Past podcast is written and produced by Adrian Mills and Graham Raddings and recorded at Flaky Bits 2.0 Studio. All opinions expressed are those of the writers and while we indeed love Zap64 magazine, the Zap to the Past podcast is not affiliated with it in any way. Stay safe and see you next time. <laughs>